Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage, a radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Moranzi alongside the Raging Redhead. Cam Stored. We've got a lot of stuff to get to on the program today. A lot of rage uh, as well. A lot of rage. That seems to be the the regular, uh, you know, most, most of the time it's a lot of rage. We've got Mike Blewett uh, will join us. Mike Blewett's going to join us. We'll recap the National Football League uh, draft. We'll get his take on what uh, went down over the weekend uh, in Dallas, uh, Texas, Indianapolis, RDS Television, former assistant with the UMass Minutemen. Will join us. We'll talk some NBA basketball. Uh, we might take a look uh, into Cam's bag a little bit later on, but it's looking a little light uh, today. So today's uh, feature might be, I've got a fortune cookie here that remains unopened. Can we open it on air? Yeah, I think yeah, we'll open it up air. Uh, on air. I like it. And uh, we're going to read my fortune. Uh, but uh, fortune cookies are um, shallow and full of lies. That's true. Wrong. Wrong. And, in fact, I think that uh, we should create our own fortune uh, cookie uh, company. Just uh, give people a little uh, little bit more realistic uh, prediction of their future. Dose of reality? Yeah, instead of just giving them a bunch of numbers and, oh, the sun will rise tomorrow and, uh, you know. The stock you bought will tank? Yeah. The horse you bought can't run? The horse you bought (laughs) will suck. Your (laughs) wife will leave you. You will get cancer. Ooh, that's a real bad one. Well, let's just be realistic. Well, I got to be honest. Everyone gets cancer, yeah. so let's just be realistic. I know. When I buy the fortune cookie, I usually like, I would basically I'd be nice yeah. though, Ken. I'd, I'd say enjoy dessert. You're getting <laughs> cancer anyways. <laughs> too much? Yeah, a little too much. A little too hard. It's okay, buddy. out of the gate here. No. A little too much. <laughs> yeah, the best is what I actually play. <laughs> you know how fortune cookies have the lucky numbers on the bottom. <laughs> They're not lucky. I, I usually play the lotto with those numbers. Zero, zero, yeah, one, zero, one. Open up, open up like a fortune hey. cookie. It'll say you will be fired soon. <laughs> like start looking for work. You will lose job soon. <laughs> like you know, like really, like you know, let's, let's, I, I have had a bad one before. Like it's very, very rare. Like most of them are like you know, you will be coming into money. A long lost friend will return. Like beautiful stuff. But I had one like a family problem will persist. Like it's actually like I guess in the barrel of fortune cookies, one in every like fifty. I guess is brutal. I'm opening it up. Yeah. Remember in the Simpsons, the good barrel and the bad barrel. Can I eat the cookie? I'll give you half the cookie. Okay, good. Yeah, good. I, I like it. The fortune cookie's nice and light. Here, you're. Uh, uh, yeah, there wasn't very smooth opening there, but uh, there is a piece of paper inside. Paper. Yeah. Says. What's it got? Yeah. Others admire my flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good one. Nice. 
Well, very, that's actually pretty good. I am very you flexible. Did, you are a lot of sports. You talk about yeah. a lot of different sports. Very true. Very, very flexible. I was going to say, yeah, flexible. Very, very flexible. It doesn't mean, yeah, not in No, that, no, not, not in the gymnast form, but in, the, the, gymnast, in the terms of uh, multiple sports. Or sexual forms. Yeah, or sexual forms. Um, <laughs> others admire my flexibility. Nice. And there's some lucky numbers here. Give them to me. Number three. Yep. Number seven. Sure. The seven worked out great for us last night in the seven Yeah, yeah. Se- no, the seven <laughs> hole? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good post position. Next. There was a horse scratch. Oh, yeah, the horse was scratched. We finished second to last. <laughs> Just stumbling across the wire, almost last. At the end, too, I was actually, like, cheering for us. I was like, don't finish last, man. Like, you That's kind of what I am. Yeah. I was like, don't finish last. All right, uh, yeah, so three, seven, ten. Ten. I like ten. Ten's all right. Yeah. 22. Ooh, 22. Smooth. 38. 38. 49. Okay, I'm going to play these numbers in the, the pick six uh, uh, or the lotto and see how we do. I don't know. I was going to say that. I don't play the lotto often, but one thing I do notice about the lotto, and if this lotto it doesn't matter where it is, whatever state you're in, whatever province you're in, whatever uh, territory or um, communist, uh, they have uh, they have lotteries in North Korea. I don't and, think so. You live? Yeah, that's the lot. Yeah, you get the fortune. Yeah, you, 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 you Jung-un doesn't yeah. bulldoze your town down. Exactly. You keep your home. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but I have noticed it's sort of like uh, like DFS stacks. You got to stack the numbers, Cam. You're right. You, you're they're actually always, low, low, low. No, no. I'm telling you, they're always in bunches. And that doesn't not low or high, but they're always in bunches. It'll like I swear to God, it'll always be like three, five, six, Stacks. twelve, fourteen, fifteen, twenty-two. Like it, or it'll be 42, 43, yeah. 47, 48, 54, 55. Like they always come in bunches, man. These these lottery numbers for one reason or another. That's actually true. They they're you think they'd be spread out, but it's not the case at all. Most of the big winners, and I check the paper all the time. Right, they come within uh, like you could see numbers from like one to twenty two for for a seven number draw, which is pretty crazy. I used to play uh, the lottery daily. What, what, Winterio? Um, no, it was called Banco. Oh, Banco. Yeah, it was Banco in, in Quebec, in Montreal. <laughs> it's like Blinko. Banco. And, dude, it's such a degenerate. It was such a degenerate lottery. Um, so, basically, you could pick as low as two numbers. Really? Yeah. So, it's just a two-game parlay. Yes, two sir, numbers. It was, exactly, it was exactly like a parlay. Exactly. Okay. So, it was like two to one for two. Four, four to, to one, one for three. three. Oh, I like that. You know, no, four to one, five to one, six to one, seven to one. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I like so, Banco style. No, and dude, like it was, we caught on basically. Yeah. I was winning basically, Cam, four to five days a week playing two numbers. That's good. Yeah. So what's that? And I was doubling the money every day. What's the moral of the story? You should be doing the same thing with sports gambling. Two game parlays. The moral of the story is head to head, head to head on DFS. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Double your money. Yeah, double, say, double your double money. Ups, yeah. Not head to head. Double, double ups. ups are the way to go. Head to head's all right, but you might be playing a shark. Yeah, exactly. I like the double ups. You're playing against Pat Mayo or something like that. Uh, he won 20K. He's obviously doing something, right? <laughs> he plays a lot, though. Oh, he sh- he puts a lot of teams together. He does. Like, I've he, seen, uh, I've he, seen yeah. his golf lineups, and he's not putting in one or two. He really likes to spread it around thick. Like, you know, we'll ask Sincata how many lineups he's really putting together. Me with this baseball, I'm just doing it recreationally. Yep. Really, I don't even really expect to win. I put two. Although I got to tell you, I think I have my best baseball team that I've ever had. Nice. So it'll probably really suck. <laughs> it'll probably really suck, but I think I've got a pretty good DFS uh, baseball team. 
uh, today. That's good news. Yeah, so uh, we've got uh, NHL playoff hockey this evening, a couple of games on the board. And, uh, craziness last night. Holy jeez. That was a wild game. Yeah, great game last night. Great series. Um, you know, I think it's a great thing that the best teams are playing each other in the oh, second round. This is unbelievable. I know these guys should be in the conference finals. It's like Houston and Golden State playing each other, like now, in the, in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we've seen the theme of the weekend over the uh, the theme of the weekend in the National Hockey League playoffs, Cam, and in the entire playoff. You were talking about it. You're, you're a big hockey fan. And um, even you, you're a little soured on the NHL playoffs. Not as intense, more candy yeah. ass than it used to be. For sure, there's no you know, no fights. There's no, you know what I mean. No big ki- ch- checks if you lay out a guy, you get suspended. So, yeah, you get suspended. Doesn't matter what, what what the guy does. He can he can bend his hand in, into your shoulder. And now we're into it's turning into the NBA essentially and and the NFL. But you know hockey, NHL. I've always defended NHL referees. Yeah. I think they do the best job. It's the hardest sport to ref because it's freaking fast. Very fast. You got to skate and keep up. Like they're in shape, you got to stay out of the way. Like I'd get killed, man. I'd get run over if I was a ref. No, like, you, I would, I wouldn't be able to get out of the way. And I could even skate, yeah. But I'd be like, oh crap, and like, bam, Drew Doughty would just knock me over. Great point. Like, I could be in the way. Do you, you see? I mean? Do you see how many times a day, and I watch it when the referee's on the corner, and he oh, has man. to like open his legs, close oh, yeah, his legs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do a back step, like because they're bouncing yeah, them the off the boards. He's like, weird. There. Like they're really moving Dude, out there. Sometimes yeah, it's too. a skill. The refs are right up against the boards I in know. the corner. You got guys with sticks killing each other and stuff. I wouldn't want to be standing there. My grandfather was a linesman. He told me he got his nose broken more as a linesman uh, than he did uh, as a player. Loose lumber. Uh, breaking up fights. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that too. Because he was pretty yeah. big, so he was the biggest linesman all the time, so it was his job. Oh, get in there. Get in there, Jim. <laughs> Jim. Can tear him apart. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you see Dustin Bufflin. This guy's so strong. He's handling two predators at once. I've never seen that before. Oh, yeah, no. He took he took he one guy two. with one arm, threw him down, and the other guy came at him, and yeah, that's the and thing. He He's manhandling people. <laughs> He's... Yeah, he's, it's absolutely unbelievable, but let's go back. I'm talking about the blown calls, though, Cam. Oh, uh, oh. We go from suspensions to blown calls. First off, Las Vegas got screwed on Saturday. Yes, they did. That's not goalie interference. Of course it's not. It's not even close to goalie interference. This is the thing. There's a mandate from the league right now, and they're really protecting the goalies, but teams have figured it out. It's very simple to do. You know what you do, Gabe, if you're a defenseman? You ride me right into the goaltender. Yeah. And they're Marty doing it all the time. A lot more than LeBron yeah. James. And then, and then the goalie flips out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they go to the tape. Who knows what they're going to pick? But I'm going to tell you, idiots at the NHL, look at the tape. And if the defenseman instigates contact, you know, if you're the you guy the to the goalie, that's not that's dude, not anybody's problem. Dude, Martin Jones is his stick was sticking out. I know. Like, his stick was sticking yeah, out of the crease. hit the knob of the stick. Who cares? Like this little, like, oh, let's protect everybody in the crease. I get it. We know what interference is. That's not interference. And then Pittsburgh scored a goal. Pittsburgh yeah. scores a goal. It was clearly over it's, the line. It's pretty much to the point now, Cam, where every game they screw something up pretty majorly. So what? what's the moral of the story, though? Look at the teams that could have won to gone up two to nothing. Both of the calls that went against them went one and one. Yeah. What does that tell yeah. you? More revenue, more yes. games, more tickets. We always know. The you NHL, think we're stupid? The NHL is a big game seven league. You're dude. the guy who said it. Entertainment. And if you're, if there's a chance where a call is 50-50, I'm maintaining it more and more. I maintain it that they didn't want. They were like, oh, my God. Vegas a nice story, but they're running away with everything. They're That's gonna the They're going to get thing. up to nothing. We can't have this series end right away. No, no. Let's, let's throw them a bone here. I don't know, unless they interpret it. But listen, maybe we're crazy. We're overthinking things. We're actually not. Don Cherry, for some reason, said it was interference. 
And uh, I don't often agree with Ron McClain. Yeah. Ron, Ron McClain, I know he Ron said, no way. Ron McClain was actually a referee before. Right, and then junior hockey, et cetera, in, in Saskatchewan. So, That's correct. Actually, Robert, high level. Yeah, yeah, high level. Yeah, he was uh, definitely like semi-pro, semi-pros, triple exactly. A, all sorts of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. like Sort of like it's, the Humble County League yes. and stuff. Like the league, they'd be in junior A, I think he did. He is a very, very yeah, so talented guy. He knows the rules. If there's one thing about Ron McLean, yeah, he's flexible. He can host the Olympics, Hockey Night in Canada, and he knows the rules of hockey. And, like, the intricacies of a ref, like he does. Like, he just does. And he said, well, Don, let me play. And, he, you know, he doesn't want to argue with Don Cherry. Yeah, Don, Don's Anytime he talks, you know, Don gets pissed off and drops you. I don't have a lot of time here. Why are you taking my like, air time up? It's like, <laughs> did Dan McLean have an opinion? No, it's actually getting ridiculous because McLean's right a lot of the so, time. McLean says, let me just show you something and why I don't think it's interference. And Don Cherry just pulled just a total, like, sort of grandpa doesn't matter, like, a fact. Yep. He just, Don Cherry just said, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, are you done? Yeah. Kind of like, I don't give a shit what you're saying. It's going to be What nice. your opinion yeah. is, just shut up, man, because this is Coach's Corner. And he went back to it. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, Don Cherry, uh, Don Cherry likes the Sharks. They're full of Canadian dudes. Oh, I, I, yes. You know it's what I mean? true. Logan Couture. Oh, yeah. He's always, yes. he's always, guys. you know, he's pulling like, Don Cherry always sort of chooses a team going. Burns, classic old school oh, yeah. team Canada guys. Yeah, he loves them. He loves the Sharks. <laughs> so he's all over it. Like when he talks, you can tell when like when he analyzes the, the series, it's sort of from a Sharks perspective. They need to do this. Yeah. They need to do that. It's not what Vegas needs to do. It's sort of, but he always does that, right? He always picks a team. Of course he does. That's that's what he does. Like he's he's biased. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was interference. And then we get into the uh, the NBA with this LeBron stuff, in which we are officially into Harlem Globetrotter Washington yeah. general territory, in which Krusty said he's using a freaking ladder. <laughs> Come on, ref, he's using a freaking ladder. <laughs> like at this point, LeBron James could like use a ladder. Oh, I know he could. Like he should just take a ladder, like when he's doing free throws, and just sort of, you know, lean closer to the rim and just drop the ball down. And they're not going to do anything. You're right. It's beyond preposterous. And he's flopping around. Gold timing. Oh, I know. It's a, uh, His act is, is unbelievable. They fall for it. And this is what we come down to, man. How many times are we going to say that? Entertainment. When LeBron's in the game, more people are watching. And know what? More money is being made. And it's absolutely nuts. And I'll tell you something. We'll talk to Pete Annapolis about this. The Raptors, I have them at 9-1, to one, right, for these. They're minus 200 against Cleveland. I'd be very, very concerned. It opened up. What they want, they, I'll tell you one it thing. It opened up 225 last night online. I yep. told people, be careful. Uh, I'm a Raptor fan, but, man, you got to take the Cavs. A plus yes, you do. And, I hate to tell and you. And I even said, it's going to go down. It's already down to 200. It's going to come down more when, once people start to realize. The series doesn't start until tomorrow. It's going to come down more. What does the NBA and want? We often see, Cam, the Raptors are historically bad in game ones. They are. So you take the Cavs right now, plus 175 still. I think it's down to plus 155 already. You, you take the Cavs, Raptors lose game one. Boom, you can jump on the Raptors a plus money after. That's, see, that's the way to do it. You want to talk about smart gambling. No, that's what we're you know doing. What I mean? Yeah, no, you, you find your spots, you hedge. That's what I did actually last night. I actually did something smart. When Winnipeg was down, I got them at plus 420. They tied it up. It goes to overtime. Put a little bit on uh, Nashville. That's that's how you get out of a lot of trouble, but uh, it was a tough week. Mike, Mike Florio... Um, Mike Flora is a nice guy. Uh, he said uh, he, he offered me uh, good luck before the show started. He that said, was very nice. He said, I just want to offer you good luck this week. 
And I was put off. I said, with what? With everything. I need a lot of, yeah, I knew it was what, like. That was nice of Mike. Yeah, very, he very just nice. means well. He just yeah, wants you to, me, know what he wants you to do? He will, he's wishing the Toronto Raptors luck. Because oh. no, one, no, one uh, no one likes LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Everyone's tired of this. Crap. The league does. Oh, yeah, the league does. <laughs> I ABC, can tell you one thing. Television, the television, executives. television executives really like them. Yes. Really like them. Yes, 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 they do. <laughs> yes, they do. It's comical, though. So they open up tomorrow, Cam, yep. 8, o'clock, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern tomorrow night. So, obviously, you know I'm a diehard a Raptor fan. I'm a, you know, I want to go to these games. A uh, little pricey. It's tough to go to yeah. every game. And also doing shows all the time and stuff, it's sort of, it's tough. Like, going to a game takes up a whole day and night type For of sure thing. For sure it does, yeah. You know, it really does. Especially if, if you want to enjoy yourself. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to get into suds. Yeah, or if, if you show up two minutes before the game and you drink a Pepsi and a popcorn sure. and get out of there, then, you know, it's a three-hour thing. But Don't you want to enjoy the full experience? You're doing it, yeah. <laughs> You want to enjoy the full experience. Yeah, damn right. So I'm like, all right, I won't go Tuesday. Because, you know, Tuesday, do I really want to be hammered on Tuesday night, Cam? And then do the shows. And then Wednesday, we got like nine DFS lineups to show. You got another show to do afterwards. So they're playing Thursday. Thursday's a good night. Thursday's a good night to party. Party night, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can always shake it off. Yeah. Because on Friday, when you're done, and then I figured, I'm like, you know what? Game two, game two is good either way. Sort of like your favorite band playing. You can't go to every show. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, you like Neil Young. Neil Young's playing five yeah. nights at the ACC. You go, you're going to one of the nights. It's like, you know what I usually You might like to go to all five, but it's like, all right, I like them, but I'm not going to all five nights. I'll be honest with you, and you're a musician. I'll give you a tip, too. Always play at the later shows. If they're doing multiple shows, they bring out, uh, before they go and go to another town, they usually bring their A game on the second, last, or last show. I'm Those the, are the ones I'm to go I'm of the to. belief you want to see the first one. Really? Yeah, because in case uh, something so, happens. Oh, yes. Something, in case yeah, there's a... So like, see, that's, <laughs> yeah, James Hatfield blows himself up. Like, I was actually at that riot show. Really? Yeah, the, the, the Guns N' Roses Metallica riot. But, so uh, we're going to go to Thursday's uh, game, and uh, we'll tell you about that on the other side. We're going to have some special guests on Thursday. Ooh. I think we're going to have our first ever in-studio special guest at uh, Melrose Place Studios. Wow. A real person? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. We just gave Florio some love, but love. now we got to take it back. He hates it. <laughs> you you got to drop this song from the rotation. Like right after it ends, like right now, Mike, like just delete it. Still play it every <laughs> single break? Like, no, like just delete it. You hate the horn so much. <laughs> it's too cheery. It's too horny. Beep, beep. 
was it? Like the mighty, mighty boss tones? I have no idea. It does have a lot of horns, though. It is. Lots I think of it, brass. it sounds like a mighty boss tone song. No, that song. See, I don't mind the opening yeah. part here. That's okay. It's just, yeah, me, me, yeah me. like if you just fade it after this. Like here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like ducks. You can just picture the dudes that are playing this on the stage are douchebags. They're wearing like Lonsdale. Lonsdale? Oh yeah. What the Br- you know what the best is? A lot of British books like the Lonsdale uh Full tracksuit, you know here how it's like Adidas and Puma? Lonsdale's big over there, big. Yeah, it's like they're Tommy Hilfiger yeah, or something like that. Lonsdale. I, know. I used to know a shady Brit. He used to rock Lonsdale hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's, there was like a ska record store. I knew the dudes. Yeah. They're actually a pretty big ska band, actually. The Planet Smashers. Yeah, are they from Montreal, too? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You know all those bands from that area. Yeah, yeah, they're nice. Actually, they did pretty well. They're nice guys. Yeah, yeah, in that in that scene, they were good. Like, they're the type of band, like, open up for the Mighty Boston. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, they did the tours, and yeah, they, they're from Montreal. They moved to New York, and uh, they did their thing. Really nice guys, actually. Really, really nice guys. And they used to have a, uh, they had, like, a record store. In which it specialized yeah. in sort of ska music and uh, ska clothing. <laughs> a lot of checkers. <laughs> a lot of tablecloth of black and white checkers. Yeah, I used to have a poster company, and I did posters for them. So you want me to play ska yeah. music? <laughs> and, uh, no. No, no, we don't. No. We don't want ska music. That's where we're going with this. You've been warned, Florio. <laughs> like your, your Buffalo Buildum will only go so far, all right? <laughs> Silent treatment. <laughs> See, this is all right. But I'm sure it's going to get all sort of horny and like, yeah, there it is. See? There it is. It's like, like, what is this? Take on me. I don't know. It all sounds the same, man. It's the scout version of that. It is the ska version of Take On Me by Aha. Listen, Mike. Uh Aha. I'm already not in a good mood. This is like, it's not helping. Mike, when I see veins pop, it's a bad scenario. I've got no control over this. He's just going wild. Love is what Moretti's got. All right, the music better get considerably uh, better. He wants it angrier and harder. (laughs) Yeah, play Kill Switch Engage, all right? It's like uh, we we need it's like, sort of like uh, like when Newman uh, ate the broccoli, honey mustard, honey mustard. He needs something to wash that taste away. Needs a shot of honey mustard sauce. So as I was saying, Thursday's uh, basketball game, Cam, game two, perfect setting, game two. I figure, either way, it's an important game. It sure is. If they lose game one, the Raptors gotta they, fight back. They need game two. Yep. If they win game one. Could really take let's, a stranglehold. Let's bury them. Let's yeah. get up two games to none. Yeah, there'll be lots of positive LeBron if they win the first game, though. Uh, but this does affect you, actually, uh, because the Toronto Raptors and Cleveland Cavaliers play, Cam, Thursday. Yes. At 6 o'clock Eastern. Oh, I know. It's at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock Eastern. Okay. Like, <laughs> like we call out the National Hockey League often. We call out the National Hockey League 
often for their stupidity with their scheduling. But six o'clock Eastern, that's tip off too. So we, wow, we've got to uh, we've got to call out. We've got to call out the National Basketball yeah, it's, Association. It's so dumb. I don't even understand. Because like, basically they have the Philadelphia 76ers and um, Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics tipping off at 8.30 on Thursday night, which is kind of late for yeah, a coast tip For off. sure it is. Usually it's 7.35, yeah. Yeah, maybe 8, but 8.30. Yeah. Extenuate. Why can't you just do the game at 7 and 8.30 on a staggered start? What's What's the problem? Because same network. That's a big problem, then. It's the same network. It's a big problem. And you know why it's especially compounded? It's the stupid Boston Bruins. If the Toronto Maple Leafs could have won, could have avoided this. Yes, you could have. Good point. Because the Boston Bruins are playing. They're in Tampa tonight. They're going to be back home on Wednesday yep. because the NHL isn't a candy-ass wuss league in which they actually <laughs> you do play every 48 hours no matter what. They'll throw you one bone. You know what I mean? Going to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You should be... Little one. All right, we're giving you two days in between this yeah. game. I, I got to tell you though, when I see a goaltender uh, when his blade falls off and he whips it, like I can't believe you didn't get in shit for that. Like that's I know it wouldn't hit anybody, but you imagine Tuka Rask for a fan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like say by example, like a Tuka fan. Rask, yeah, that, like put a blade through he'd a guy's skull. Puck for the rest of his life for me. I'd sue his ass so hard <laughs> if he hit me with a blade like that. Exactly. Because you can't sue the camp. You get hit by a puck in a hockey game or a baseball. It's all, yeah, it's in the thing. It's on the ticket. Yeah. Like there's flying objects. Well, that's why they change. It would have to be reckless. You saw. You said it when the Columbus fan. Died. That's why they changed the netting yeah, the and all poor, that stuff. The, the guy girl. died. Oh yeah, the girl died. It was awful. I but, remember when people bitched about them putting the netting up, and uh, and I told people saves lives. I said, man, you ever sat back there? I sat, man. I once sat at a Hartford Whaler game. I was literally, man, like six rows right after the glass ended. It was like the worst possible place to be. Oh yeah, and. Reed Larson was on Hartford at the time. I remember Reed Larson. That guy could really tee it up, man. And uh, I remember telling, like, I told the girl I was with at the time, listen. Pay attention. You've got to pay attention. I told her, I'll, you know, I'll pay attention for us here. But this is these are like, she was like, oh, these are great seats. I'm like, no, it's very, very dangerous here. <laughs> very dangerous. And lo and behold, Cam, man, it happened, man. I swear to God, man, the puck came and uh, it hit the seat so hard. It hit the seat so hard, man. It put, like, a dent in the wood seat. People actually moved, but it, it did hit an old lady, like, two rows behind me still. There was a story. Like it ricocheted. It hit the old lady. Like, she was gushing blood and stuff, man. It was ugly. And it used to happen all the time yes. in hockey games. Like, pretty much two, three people a game were taking a puck in a hockey game in the old days. There was a story where the guy, just because he met his buddy, stayed for, like, an extra, some extra suds. He came back to his seat with a hole in the seat. That would have been him. Really? There's yeah, the puck went. It's a big story. Like, the, the thing, <laughs> the angle that it came on, it went through a seat. I've seen it. Like, guy, no, back then, I they were different, the too. Seat, it was like dented he's, from the puck. Brexy. I was like, holy he's shit. He's dead instantly. Like, if you don't move out of the way from oh, that, you're dead. It went through a seat. So, I'm just telling yeah. you, these things used to happen. Good on, the, so people good on bitch, changing it. Yeah, yeah people bitch. Oh, you can't see it. You can't see this. You can't see that. I'm like, man. Evidently, you've never sat down there. Imagine going to a baseball game and sitting by a home plate without netting up. Oh, yeah. You're taking your life in your hands. I'm actually surprised. I think a few places starting to do it where they've extended it, but I'm surprised they just don't put netting up all the way down yep. the line because now players seem to lose their bats more than ever. But, yeah, so you can't sue if something like that happens. The only way you can sue is if something like that where yeah. he throws a He took blade. out a piece of yes. a razor and chucked it. 
So. I remember, and it's crazy because Matt Sundin's one of the nicer guys to play in the NHL over the years. Remember, he got pissed off once and threw a stick into the crowd. That's true. And he could have gotten sued for that. The thing is, the person he hit was like a fan. Yeah. was all happy. He got Thanks, the Matt. Yeah. <laughs> and Sundin knew. <laughs> Sundin knew. <laughs> That it was a problem. I think Sundin gave the guy like stuff after. Oh yeah, for sure. Here's Signed jersey. jerseys. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here's, here's a Matt Sundin. Sorry about throwing pack. a stick into the crowd there. <laughs> exactly. Like, and since it was Sundin, it was all cool. It was like, all right, all right, it's all good. But yeah, yeah, I would have sued him. Tukaras was freaking out that they they should have stopped the play, but. The, you're not, the, there's, there's no you don't that, there's no guarantees. No, Ron McLean he talked about it's, that again. It's an equipment malfunction. Yeah, it's exactly. not it's not an automatic. Uh, the only way they'll stop it is if your mask comes off. Yeah, like if the goalie's like helmet Correct. mask comes off, they'll stop it. Now. If he threw instead of that's the thing, he had an extended extended argument with the ref. If he just would have thrown off his mask and said the play, they would have blown the play dead. Yeah, then that, that would have been it, interesting. It would have been interesting because they could give him a two-minute delay a game penalty, oh, yeah. but they but they might not because he goes, my blade, my blade, yeah. boss, my blade. I'd give, I'd make it a penalty shot after those that. things are shot. When he took it out too, I'm like, oh my god, like it's not like, the smartest. It thing was like to a do. knife. It's like throwing a knife. It's like, and I see the ref. Oh, okay. He said after Tukarash that it's happened before to him in practice, but never in a game before. Yeah. I've seen blades fall you play, off. You too. play. You play goal before. You've never had your blade pop. Never out blade before. pop no. off. No. Ah, yeah. no. I've seen it once. But I wasn't facing shots that were coming in at 109 yeah. miles an hour. I've only seen it once happen in hockey. It's very, very. Rare. I've seen kids. I've seen when I played. I've seen kids' blades fall. Blades off. fall off. Yeah. Usually the forwards though. But yeah. generally just because they were crappy, $99 power <laughs> skates. You know what I'm saying? You have to screw them. The screws come loose and yeah. stuff. Right? The rivets. Rivets. No, yeah, the rivets. Because you can't take the blade out. Yeah. Oh, for sure you can. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, no, the, the, I, I told the story the other day. The only thing that happened to me once, I took a puck once so hard off the foot, it chipped. They Like, it knocked the front of the blade off. Like, the puck came at a weird angle, and it's oh. so, you know, the front of the blade was sort of all chipped off. Yeah, exactly. And like uneven oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like, sharpen it back. No, I had to get a new, <laughs> well, I had to a whole get new it. blade. Yeah, but I used to get free skates when I was a kid. Very lucky. And uh, you'll, you'll laugh when I tell you the brand, too. Micron. Micron. <laughs> Yeah, Micron. You know what I played with? I guess my guess my brand, CCM Tax. Oh, those were the best state. No, what the they were. Ones. They're also no, but they're very. They were heavier skates. But you know what? It's kind of like uh, an armored car. When somebody put a slap shot into them, very tough skate. Those were the. Uh, they were they were heavy though. They were the Bowers were lighter. The Tax were heavier. Tax were better skates though. Yeah, the CCM Super Tax is oh, always amazing. One of my high yeah. level. I used to use the Sherwood Featherlight Stick. Thing I was can't. Like a I, I couldn't tell you what the high level skate is now. Oh no, me neither. Graph, yeah, I, I don't play hockey anymore. I don't know. I think Nike makes skates, probably. Stuff, right? Yeah, sort of like golf, and they—it's basically like a case where the Nike skate like sucks if you go into the store and you buy it. But for Sidney Crosby, yeah, the custom, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like the Nike golf. Remember Nike golf? Never really caught no, it's on. Not. Did it. Ty- hey. it was sort of like Beats by Dre. They're overpriced, right? Remember the night everyone wanted because yep. it was cool. Oh my God, Nike's got golf clubs now and Tiger and stuff. And then basically everyone that played Nike on the Pro Tour was like, I'm yeah, going, they, they I'm, suck. I'm going back to my Cleveland clubs. I here. agree. I had a Nike yeah. driver. It blows. Like my ping driver is way better. When I used to play golf, just like recreationally, that's the, that's the clubs I always wanted to buy if I had money. Cleveland. 
Oh, Cleveland's all right. Hey, no, yeah. Cleveland. VJ Singh. <laughs> VJ Singh. White, ho- white hookers and Cleveland clubs. That'd be like the only acceptable golf hat to wear. Oh, no, it looks cool. The no, Cleveland dude, golf the, hat. Dude, the Cleveland hat looks awesome. Like, it's a, no, I, I used to, it's kind of funny because you, you said it because everybody down at the course, all these, like, stu- uh, tools, right? They all got, like, oh, their, got the Nike. Oh, yeah, you got the yeah. Nike uh, underarms. That's When I see yeah, some yeah. dude roll in with, like, a straight rim Cleveland or Taylor made hat, I'm like, that's my guy. I like these guys. Yeah, it's true. But there's some really bad golf attire out there. Very bad. <laughs> so we should go golfing soon. So right? This is the first nice day of the year. Yeah, people are actually asking if we're gonna have a golf tournament again this uh, year. I'm like I don't know. I don't know with the horse and stuff. No. Can you guys help us out a bit? I don't know. Like maybe we'll just all go golf. Like a golf tournament last. Yeah. I said no, nah, man. It was a lot of work, and you know, we barely we didn't get that many people. No, we didn't get any like, people. I, I put a lot of work into that just to get the 16 people to actually show up. That's true. And to be honest, most of the people who showed up, we knew. Yeah. Scrovy, the Stoners. Yeah, and a couple. Of, well, actually, the guys from uh, the East Coast were good guys. Those guys were those cool. Those guys deserved that. That's a travel. Yeah, like, the they guys came from, from the East Coast. Were cool. They, they were cool. They, the, those guys were way cool. I got sunstroke that day. I remember. Yeah. Covered in blisters. Yeah, Fun. We'll consider it. Nah, but I don't know, man. I was nah. like, we'll see. No. Nah. <laughs> We're putting our foot down. No. We're thinking of mixing it up this summer, actually. Do you remember the place we went curling? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, the Toronto Curling Club. A lot, lot of fun. We had some good times there. Yeah. They also have uh, grass tennis courts. Beautiful. In the back. Oh, Wimbledon out back. And uh, me and uh, me and Mick Aussie have a challenge. We're playing for $500. Tennis. First one to win, it, uh, like, a whole, how many sets? Uh... Or two? Playing, uh, five sets. Oh, first one to win three sets? Yeah. Well, war of attrition. Yeah. He's spotting oh. me. He's even spotting me two games per uh, per match. Are you serious? He's, he's Australian. He thinks that he's going to crush me and stuff like that. I'm going to get he him. He thinks he's Leighton Hewitt. I'm going to get him running back and forth. I saw a serve. He tried to intimidate him. He did a video of him serving. Did it suck? Well, or whatever. Good. No, but you couldn't see where the ball was going. Oh. So it might have been a So it, it showed been a him yeah. hitting the ball. Exactly. And the thing is, exactly, Kim, the ball, he was smacking the ball so hard. I was like, that's not even landing, man. Like, Gabe, where, where's that landing? Gabe, I don't want to sound like Al Bundy, but in tennis when I was young, because I'm ambidextrous, I used to take guys out to the cleaners. Like, it used to be my sport. And I'll tell you one thing now, I'm heavier. I can still beat guys. Well, so it sounds exactly like what sounds, you, well, we were talking even about playing doubles. Maybe we yeah, should like, maybe, maybe I'll be a part of this because I'm going to have to referee or be there. But I will say this. Keeping the ball in play, as you said, and making per- them hit the net and go wild, that's how you beat amateurs in the sport. Yeah, Let them do the work. Exactly. Get them running back. You don't even have to do it hard. Corner, uh, man, corner, whatever. Mick, corner. Mick serves better than the average bozo does, but what, keep it in play. Keep whatever. it in play. He's, he's not Leighton Hewitt. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like Mick's style, though. He's giving you two. He, he's very confident to give you two games per set. Oh, he thinks because he's got Roger Federer's racket. He's got the same racket Roger Federer uses. Amazing. He's like, I got the Roger, the official Roger Federer. Like, he's got, like, the attire and everything. I do have to say this, though, Gabe. You're doing radio shows every day. Mick, other than, like, delivering parcels, he might be at the local tennis club working on his game. He does go and play see, tennis. See, that's see, that's. But thing. he has it, so I'm not going to lie. I've got a little catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little catching Just up to do. a little bit, yeah. No. But, uh. No, no, same same as you. Sounds uh, like fun. Same as you when I was young, and not even like just even that young. Even as a teenager, I used to break in and sneak into a, a local country club. Yes. And we used to play tennis at night for money and stuff at the local country club. I used to do it too. But growing up as well, you know, um, 
I didn't grow up in a neighborhood with a lot of fields and stuff like that, man. Everything was on concrete, Cam. So, you know, uh, box ball. I like box ball. Box yeah. ball in the schoolyard, basically. Yeah. Ding, so ding, ding. We'd spray paint. we spray paint a box, and that's that's the strike. You play with a tennis ball. Yeah, really what we call wall ball, box ball. Yeah. But we used to play tennis as well against the wall. One bounce for money. <laughs> I'm going to get you fired unless there's metal on the way back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. It's a little better, Florio. Florio. We're not all the way there, but ACDC will do. (laughs) He's a hard critic, Florio. It's a start. It's, it's a, a Clive's class. It's, it's a start. Do you prefer ska? No. I'm just surprised you didn't play the ska version of Back in Black. <laughs> All right, Pete Annapolis joining us. Steps up and in RDS uh, Television. Uh, Pete, uh, of course, a uh, former assistant with the UMass uh, Minutemen uh, as well. Uh, we were talking about the Toronto Raptors, and uh, we'll unveil our special in-studio guests a little bit later on. But talking about the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, series price, I was surprised to see. Um, you know, basically the Raptors are a one seed, so they do garner some respect. But, but not this, this. Is, this is a unique one versus four matchup in which they're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. So right now the Raptors are now minus 200 to win the series. Cavaliers are plus 170. The Philadelphia 76ers are now minus 550. To, uh, to beat the Boston Celtics. They tip off uh, this evening. Pete Annapolis uh, joins us. Pete, always a pleasure. How you doing? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing today? Good stuff, Pete. Pretty good. Thanks, thanks for joining us. So let's jump in right now. You know, the Boston Celtics, it's amazing. They've been, they've been able to absorb the injuries. They bring in Gordon Hayward. He gets hurt right away. They have Kyrie Irving. Basically, they bring in Kyrie Irving for playoff series is like they're about to play in tonight. Kyrie Irving's a down and out. Um, they get Marcus Smart back, and then boom, they lose Jalen Brown. It's unbelievable the the turmoil and the lineup adjustments that Brad Stevens has had to make throughout this season, yet they just find a way, and I'm not ready to write them off now even, although it freaking sucks because as a, you know, I want to see Philadelphia get knocked out of the way here. They're a dangerous basketball team. And, you know, without Jalen Brown, it's going to be a problem. What do you make of this series? No question. It's unfortunate that they've had the injury bug since day one. Can you remember the horrific injury to Gordon Hayward against the Cleveland Cavaliers? And I think that unfortunately set the tone for what the season uh, has transpired to. I mean, Kyrie Irving has been battling the knee injuries. Um, Look, it's tough. You know, Jalen Brown has really come out of his shell and really developed and cultivated into a potential all-star player with the Celtics under Brad Stevens' system. Um, Every time you seem to count these guys out, they just come and they perform, and and they win when they're not supposed to. They took care of business against a Milwaukee team that 
you know, in all honesty, should have won this series. But Boston at home has played their best basketball. And I think the Sixers yep. are a different kind of beast. Uh, but I think guys are stepping up. And the one guy that... There's a mistake a there. There's yeah. a mistake there. there. There just is. Like Philadelphia, each series is different. And this is different than playing Miami in front of a half-empty arena. Exactly. The pressure builds. But who's the who's the key here? We actually have a Jalen Brown update right now, too. But what are you going to say, Pete? Who's the key for Boston? Well, I, I, I said the guy that's been underrated for them, and, and, and he was the best player on the court in Game 7, is Al Horford. I mean, Al Horford was brought in as a free agent, you know, played in Atlanta Hawks, was an all-star. Not your typical... You know, first, you know, option score. But at the end of the day, when they needed big buckets from him throughout the whole year, Al Horford has given that to them. Uh, and I think here's his opportunity to continue this. And what a matchup against Joel Embiid. Uh, and I think Embiid definitely has the talent, has the skill level, and, and has the swag. But Horford is not going to let make it easy for him. And I think that Horford is going to put Embiid into foul trouble. So let's look at that as the series uh, starts tonight and how it progresses. So Brad yeah. Stevens... Brad Stevens actually uh, just said a couple hours ago um, that Jalen Brown walked in and he told me he actually feels better this morning, but I don't know what that means. I'm not the decision maker on this stuff. They're going to tell me if he's able to play, and we're going to go from there. And then it gets uh, even deeper. Uh, he's going to go through the shoot-around. If he can play, he'll play. That's great news. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like Jalen Brown's trying to suck this up yeah. and, and get out and here tonight. i got to tell you guys, though, and you guys know this, Philadelphia might be owning the East for years to come. That's going to happen eventually with their young stars. But minus 550, Gabe, versus Boston, like almost 6-1, to one, that's nuts. Like, I know they're still they're still young, and they still have growing pace. Boston just that, keep fighting away. That's the thing. And Philadelphia is the most hyped team. Next to LeBron, they're, everybody loves Philadelphia, Pete. I'm just saying, as almost a 6-1 to one favorite, I think that's insulting to Boston. And it's going to piss them off, and they'll be ready to rock. Can the Celtics beat the Sixers in a series? What's your prediction, Pete? Well, listen, I think a lot of things are going to have to go the Celtics' way if they want to really take this series to six or potentially seven games. I still think that Boston plays a different style of basketball, specifically at home. And I think that they're going to give Philadelphia problems. As much as Philadelphia could be and should be the team of the future, uh, this is only the second round in the in the playoffs for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and for a lot of their younger players, Robert Covington. I mean, I like the experience that J.J. Redick brings. You know, Ilya Sova has been awesome. Amir Johnson has that pedigree with a lot of playoff games with the Raptors. Uh, but again, Terry Rozier. I mean, I've always said this, guys. I said sports is all about opportunities. And when one guy goes down, whether via trade, whether injury, another guy steps up and gets that opportunity. And at the pro level, guys are more talented than you would think they are. And Rozier right now is looking like a bona fide star replacing Kyrie Irving. Combine him now with, a, with Marcus Smart and the intangibles that he brings defensively and the toughness-wise. I mean, Jason Tatum here. Guys, he's growing before our eyes. He's probably the best player in the draft last year, the most yeah. talented and most gifted offensively. So I think the, the Sixers are a really good team. But it's good thing the Lakers Miami. took Lonzo Ball. It's good <laughs> thing the Lakers took Lonzo Ball, though. Wow. Imagine, you know, and, and the Sixers took Markel Fultz, right? Uh, so, yeah. And traded up to take Markel Fultz and gave the Celtics a draft pick. So Danny Ainge is still the GOAT. <laughs> when it comes to GMs and, and at least these playoffs today. But, uh, listen, I think Philadelphia, I mean, if they if they stay healthy, uh, I, I see this series being probably them winning in six games. I still believe that the Celtics, again, the more you count them out, the more they're going to come out. 
They play that suffocating team collective defense, and they got a bunch of guys stepping up to the plate. So, again, uh, Sixers deserve to be the favorite here. Minus 550 seems like a whole lot of, <laughs> of money to put on their side, but I think Philadelphia should get this done, and guys like Ben Simmons and Embiid are writing their chapter and their journeys uh, as we speak. So this is interesting uh, here. Le- LeBron James, uh, when what, asked. What, I'm gassed? Is that, is that what he said? Yeah, time to sleep? When asked about uh, the Toronto Raptors, um, LeBron James says the Toronto Raptors uh, should be heavy favorites. They're a great basketball team. They've got 10 to 12 guys who come in and produce every single moment. Guys come off the bench with the same confidence as the starters. Um you know, so LeBron is trying to uh, sort reverse of reverse psychology. Reverse, well, set expectations, lower expectations. <laughs> Yet here are the numbers, and this is what's daunting, and this is just reality because you know, a lot of Raptor fans think the Cavs are on the ropes right now. They're not playing their best basketball, and that is true. But it doesn't change the fact. And how about this, Pete? LeBron James all time forty-one and nine against the Toronto Raptors, uh, eight and two in the playoffs. He's averaging 27 points. In the playoffs, he averages 30 points, 8 and 4 against them. Um, It's amazing. Like, uh, he kills it in Toronto. His numbers in Toronto are just, like, over the top. He averages 31 points a game in the playoffs in Toronto, only 28 points uh, at home. We could just go on and on and on and on, though, about LeBron, but... It's annoying, and I brought it up earlier. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters and and the Generals, man. He's using a freaking ladder. Like, LeBron is so great, but to me, it's almost getting tainted. Number one, by his flops and his diving and stuff, but I can't recall a superstar ever getting the love from the referees that he gets. Jordan got calls, but not like this. Like, this is beyond crazy in which, you know, the the Pacers played their their hearts out. They did. They got screwed over by the refs continuously in this series, Pete. So LeBron's great in all this, but it's easier to be great and win games when the refs are helping you. Well, there's no question. And again, you score 45 points in a game seven, you deserve all the praise and the accolades, right? That's a big-time performance. Uh, but the Pacers lost this series in game four when they were up two points and three straight possessions. They couldn't extend the lead, and they let Cleveland come in and tie the game. And then you could say that they lost the series when Victor Oladipo uh, scored a basket with three seconds left to give them a 97-95 lead. But, but of course, three officials did not see the goal ten, didn't even call it. So by not calling, you can't review it. And then LeBron hits that three. So um, at the end of the day, I, I look at this series, if you're a Toronto Raptors fan, and, and I look at what the Pistons had to go through against the Boston Celtics with Larry Bird and Mikhail and Parrish, yep. and they lost a lot of times, and then finally they overcame that. Subsequently, Michael Jordan took beatings from the bad boys of the Pistons for a couple of years. Him and Scottie Pippen were basically thrown and punched to the, to the ground. And then finally they beat them, and then the Pistons walked off with about eight seconds left. You remember that. They didn't want to shake their hands. So I think this is the Toronto Raptors opportunity. Uh, It's time for them right now. And and I was telling that to my colleagues at RDS. Yes, we'd all like the Pacers to win because the Raptors will definitely have a better chance to get the Pacers. But I said, no, I want LeBron James. I want Cleveland. Let's exercise these demons. And if there's a year to do it, it's this year. Uh, And LeBron won't be facing Patrick Patterson and and P.J. Tucker covering him this year. It's going to be OG Anunobi and Pascal Cikiam. Guys are 6'9", athletic, Even though they're kids. They're yeah, kids, like but yeah, they're not going to be intimidated. No, they like like they're the type of guys who won't back down from a fight. Yeah, they, OG, they enjoy it. OG has the same expression on his face all the time. Yeah, this he kid, wants to he's, rumble. He's emotionless. <laughs> like yep. He really is. Like he'll have no. 
We saw we saw him get into it with Morris in the Washington series. He's not it's not mm-hmm. like oh I'm mm-hmm. a kid and I'm a rookie and I'm intimidated. He's going to get in LeBron's face and so will Siakam as well. Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, um, they have Ibaka's got to play well. I'm sorry, I just want to throw that out. Ibaka has to be better. Ibaka's well, got to be consistent. That, right? Yeah, He's got to be consistent. He can't points. just sh- yeah. He can't just show up one game or two yeah. games. He's got to be there every damn night. First game, twenty three points, twelve rebounds. He was an absolute beast on the boards and on, and blocking and altering shots. And then he sort of disappeared the rest of the series. Thank God, Dwayne Casey decided to really wake up and listen to me and you guys, and then play JV in the fourth quarter and save the season in Game Five and Game Six. Now, having said that. Ibaka was brought in by Masayu Jury, paid accordingly to be a playoff performer, to block shots, to get into guys' face, run the floor, shoot some threes. So they're going to need him to be an all-star type of Ibaka, not the Ibaka we saw from games two to game six. But again, I think LeBron James, people, you know, I can't stand the narrative that it's LeBron by himself and he has nobody else. I mean, Kevin Love is an all-star. He's proven it, and he proved it in game seven. Uh, I mean, you got J.R. Smith, you got Tristan Thompson, you got Carl Culver, who was an all-star, you got you know, Jordan Clarkson, you got Rodney Hood, you got George Hill. This is a good team. This is a team that was brought in to help LeBron, but they don't have Kyrie Irving. So this is where the Raptors have to exploit the weakness, where they don't have that second score, the guy who could break down the defense. That's why they took him to six games two years ago. They got swept last year. The Raptors, with their depth, and because of the benchmark, Van Vliet and DeLon Wright, T.J. Miles, Seekham and Pirtle, because of their minutes and their productivity, Kyle Lowry, Gerard DeRozan do not have to play 41 to 43 minutes anymore. They play a 30 to 31 where they're fresh and they can close out games. The Raptors will win this in six games, guys. And they have a huge advantage, Pete, the Raptors do in the middle, too, with their bigger guys. And another thing, you saw it. When Van Fleet is healthy, he's got that little uh, play with Siakam, too. You know, you put it up for him, boom, and you give those young guys confidence. Like, Van Fleet stirs the drink with the second unit, guys. And you saw those other games against Washington, when he wasn't around, they faded. But with him, they got confident, and they took them, and they beat them down the stretch. So I think he's the X factor in the series, and they got to attack Cleveland inside. Huge advantage for the Raptors there. Well, great point, uh, Cam. When you mentioned Van Vliet has the ability to get into the lane and not only create for himself or teammates, but he has the confidence, the swag to take the big threes and to take the shots. And when games are closed on the end, you know, we had Corey Joseph here for the last couple of years that would play next to DeMar and Lowry. Now that role has gone to Van Vliet until he got injured. Then DeLon Wright stepped up and he won a couple of games with the same role. So now you got two guys that can play next to them. Plus you have the spacer in C.J. Miles which was a great acquisition by my side because he identified the need that they lacked outside shooting. I mentioned P.J. Tucker earlier. He brings toughness, but he can't shoot the three ball like C.J. Miles does. And inside, Valanciunas owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. Give him the basketball. Hopefully he'll play that 31, 32 minutes a game as well, not that 23 minutes we saw in the first five games. I think the Raptors have the depth, have the talent, and I think overall uh, they can make free throws as well because they get to the line. To Gabe's point, Let's see how the officiating works in this series. We know that LeBron's going to get almost every single call. But again, I think that if the Raptors don't complain against the refs and just play through it, make their threes, make their free throws, play that suffocating defense and get out in transition, I think the Raptors are in a good position in this series. I've been talking about that. I think that Dwayne Casey and, and the coaching staff really have to get that point through, Pete, yep. to the players not to get frustrated. And not mm-hmm. to complain. And, you know, DeMar- Kyle, Kyle Kyle, has been much better at it. Kyle has definitely matured this year a hell of a lot. And 
It's crazy. He's almost the calming force. You'll see him yeah. telling other people to calm down. Yeah, DeRozan freaks out a little bit more than Dyke. Lowry's calm well, DeRozan now. gets yeah. pouty. Yeah, he does. He gets pouty, and he gets taken out of his game, and he sort of gets sort of like I think pouty is the best way of putting it, bitchy and moany and stuff, and he gets taken out of his game. We've seen Lowry at times. If he gets knocked down under the basket, he'll get up. He'll start yelling at the ref. He'll be slow to get back on defense. They can't have that. They've got to understand LeBron's going to get the calls. One thing, though, everybody on Cleveland doesn't get calls. It's just LeBron gets the yeah. call. But the thing is, LeBron has the ball in his hand all the time at the end of the game, so therefore he's, he's going to get the calls. But it's sort of like a fight, Pete, in the UFC, or, you know, in boxing terms, when they always say, you know, if you want to beat the champ, you're better off, like, knocking him out. Don't leave, the, don't leave it in the, the hands of the judges. It's the same thing with the Raptors. Like, that's where the Pacers screwed up, too. The Pacers had him on the ropes. And you can't just say, well, we're up by two or we're up by four with three minutes left and we're good. Or it's tied, it's good. you got to you got to play like you're down five because LeBron is going to get that call late. So when you're up by six with four minutes left, you got to deliver that freaking knockout punch. Don't let them linger because that's when it becomes LeBron time and that's when the refs really do step up because whatever he does, they're going to give him the call. Great point. And, and I'll bring you guys back to the month of January. The Raptors played Cleveland, and they absolutely just annihilated them. They didn't stop. They kept pressing. They kept shooting the threes, and they won 133-99. to 99. And that was a game where after Cleveland and LeBron, they were looking at themselves in the mirror. LeBron was looking for some more help, blaming management. They have to really put the pressure on and keep being aggressive offensively. And as you said, that sense of desperation, the sense of urgency has to be there on every single possession. I think the experience they've gained in the last two playoffs you know, it's it's priceless because they had success. They beat the Pacers. They beat the Heat. They lose to the Cavs in six. They grew as a team. Last year, they beat the Bucks. They lose to the Cleveland. All right. They made the, the changes they needed to. C.J. Miles is there. Van Vliet and DeLon Wright go in instead of um, Corey Joseph. Seekim and Pirtle will play ahead of Patrick Patterson. Now they have the youthful exuberance, the athleticism, plus the experience of DeMar, Lowry, and J.V., they have to really take it to them and keep pushing it. And I think this is a tired team. I mean, LeBron called his own number, right? While he always speaks about himself, he doesn't speak in the we. He's tired. Uh, he wants to go home. They have to really come out here and win both these two games at home. Indianapolis, RDS Television. Great insight as always, Pete. Thanks for the time, buddy. All right, guys. Enjoy the series. Indianapolis. And now uh, Florio's raising his game. Yes. Mike blew it. He always brings uh, his A game. Coming up next, Mike Blue at NFL Draft. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. See, I was saying earlier that if your favorite band is playing multiple shows, you got to go see the first show because you never know what's going to happen. It, it, well, they're like a crazy bet. 
But even if you're going to see Adele or something like that, oftentimes, like, oh, my voice isn't feeling well today. Today's show canceled. Yeah, that's a good point for that, for, for people like that who can really wail. That's yeah. definitely the first or show. Or crazy metal bands yeah. that might do something. They might, you might run out of gas. Like Guns N' Roses or something. Here's Stooch. Stooch the man. Stooch. He's laughing when I said I was at that show when James Hetfield blew himself up. For real. Like, he nearly killed yeah. himself. He stood in front of a pyro that went off, and uh, he got burnt. And then Metallica, so they had to cut their, short, their, their set short. And then Guns N' Roses were asked to come out sooner. Like yeah. They were like, all right, you guys aren't scheduled to play until 10, but will you play at like 8.39 type of thing because we got 60,000 people in the stadium freaking out. And uh, they said no. <laughs> Axel doesn't like, he doesn't like to be told what to do. No, so there was like a three-hour wait, and then they were late. I, yeah. And then Axel Rose quit and walked off the stage like after yeah. five songs. I've seen Guns N' Roses before. It's uh, very temperamental. Like, yeah, it's hit or miss. Yeah, it's been, it's and then missed. there was the infamous riot and stuff like that. And then Stu said he got screwed because he had tickets in Toronto the next <laughs> night, and they canceled the show. Wow. Because of the, Yeah, because Guns N' Roses were under house arrest. They weren't allowed to leave. They weren't arrested, but they weren't allowed to leave. Yeah. Like uh, the cops told them, "Listen, you know, no, stay at the hotel. You can't, uh, you can't leave town until we we, we get this settled." Because <laughs> they were going to charge him with inciting a riot. So a man, a man that joins us uh, right now, um, I, you know, there's not a lot of locks in the world, but I don't think Mike's going to be uh, incited uh, for uh, for trying to uh, indicted for trying to incite a riot. <laughs> Exactly. But we've got a good one here, Mike, as far as the NFL draft. Mike Blewett uh, joins. It's always a pleasure, Mike. Uh, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I would say that my to your point about going to the first show, I saw a Stone Temple Pilots show over 20 years ago at Roseland, a small venue in New York City. And they came out uh, dressed up in full Kiss regalia. So we thought it was Kiss walking out on stage, and it was just Stone <laughs> Temple Pilots pl- dressed as Kiss. So that was the first show of like a That's two awesome. or three uh, show night. It was, it was hilarious. And obviously a lot of people that were under the influence weren't quite sure what was going on, uh, but it made the show all the, all the better. You know, years ago, I'm still in a band, but uh, I used to be active in the music industry. And I worked, like, uh, at a lot of concerts, big bands, et cetera. So I was working at a beer series. So it was uh, Molson Coors. And, you know, like, you know, those sort of beer campaigns, uh, Mike, where you don't know who the band, the band is. Oh, yeah, be. mystery band. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you enter yeah. the beer contest. It's like an ultimate beer party for the weekend. No, it's like when they sent we're Metall- gonna, yeah, Metallica we're, to the Arctic. Yeah, we're, living there. we're going to fly you. Yeah, so this one was like, we're going to fly you into Montreal. You're going to see unknown artists, et cetera. I worked at the show, and even us, like, we did not know. They we, kept, kept it real quiet. Yeah, we, we did not know. They made us leave and the whole nine yards, except I was I was one of the roadies, so I did know who it was. I found out, like, basically two hours, three hours before uh, type of deal. So it's all these, and the kids were wasted, man. Like, they were wasted. It was, like, free beer for everyone. They were holed up at some, like, cottage and a lake party like they were drunk they bust them into the arena and stuff so they come out and uh the backstreet boys were popular at the time right so it starts backstreets back all right and they actually had dudes in track suits and stuff the place goes crazy girls are screaming and stuff and then for real you just hear this guy Cut that shit off. 
it was offspring. Oh, nice. The look on the faces of the girls in the crowd, they were so sad. It was like, it went from like, oh, my God, it's the Backstreet Boys to turn that shit off. It's offspring and offspring. That's a 180. That's a yeah, 180. Yeah, it was... They really pulled it off well, though. Like, they really fooled people in the room. Like, they people, like, they they did, like, the sort of Backstreet Boys intro of the Amazing. time. Like, they had, like, the, the same thing the Backstreet yeah, did. They sold day. it. Oh, they sold it. <laughs> so, like, you could hear people, oh, my God, I think it's the Backstreet Boys, right? Yeah. And they had the track suits and everything. Oh, pretty oh, fly was, for a white guy. Oh, it was great. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they, they actually rock. All right, so let's play, let's play a game here, Mike and Cam. In which it's a pretty easy one because Cam's good at guessing these things. In which, if I was to tell you, instead of the state, I'll say what team, but NFL draft. Which which NFL's team um, draft pick pissed someone off so much that they're actually being investigated for death threats on Twitter and had their Twitter account uh, shut down? They're banned from Twitter now. And they're, they're, they're actually investigating the guy. I'm going to go with the Seattle. State. Washington. So the state, state of Washington. So I'm going to go. No, I didn't say the state of Washington. No, no. Are we guessing what team? Or yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I thought it was almost predictable, but Seahawks. You're saying Seahawks yeah. fan ended up getting so pissed off that he ended up threatening somebody. Their draft sucked. Mike Blewett, what's your guess? I mean, normally out of the gate, this is a this is a lock for Philly, but they just won the Super Bowl, so I'm going to go <laughs> Cleveland. Tampa Bay. Really? Oh, yeah, really? Florida. Uh, state wow. of Florida. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a fair point. Florida's like fifty percent of those guesses. You got You just got to go with the crazy stuff coming out of Florida. <laughs> Tam, yeah, exactly. Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneer fan uh, was unhappy when they traded down and did not take Derwin James. <laughs> right, so he really wasn't happy. And then he he finally lost it on Friday night. Shortly after the Bucks selected North Carolina defensive end uh, MJ Stewart with the fifty third overall pick. <laughs> Uh, this guy, uh, <laughs> and he went ballistic. yeah, I know. It's just only in America type of deal. I want to get the guy's uh, name right though. What's his, uh, what's his, uh, first name? They banned him. Where the hell? I want to get the guy's uh, first name. So, and so we only have his last name. Struggling. All right. So, um, yeah, this guy, so, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Friday night, shortly after the Bucks selected North Carolina defensive back MJ Stewart with the 53rd pick, uh, Rogers posted a series of angry tweets, including one that appeared to cross the line. The tweet featured a GIF of a murder scene from the 1990 film King of New York, this, de- depicting a drug lord killing a New York City police narcotics officer with blood splattering inside the vehicle. Rogers using his Twitter handle, Love Them Knowles. <laughs> not a, by the way, not not a uh, not a film for the faint of heart. I've seen that movie. Uh, it oh, is rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he put the the the, the scene of the depicted with the blood. When I see Tampa Bay Buccaneer general manager Jason Licht next time I roll through Tampa. Wow. Wow. And wow. I should note his Twitter yeah. handle is love L U V Dem D U M Knowles twenty two. Amazing. <laughs> love Dem Knowles uh twenty two. He lives in Houston now. So police uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers filed a criminal complaint. Uh he says, um, I'm not a crazy person. I just got caught up in a moment. It was a tasteless tweet. I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> well, Didn't you say when yeah, people say they're not learn, those I things, guess. they really we, are. 
<laughs> Houston PD shows up at your door, I guess it's a lesson learned. Like, look, Vita Vea may not be the most exciting player taken in the first round, but now they have a defensive line of Jason Pierre-Paul, Gerald McCoy, and Vita Vea. They obviously are, are trying to shore up some things solid on the pick. defensive side of the ball. So uh, I, I think it's a solid pick. I think it was a solid pick I like uh, as well. All right, uh, so – Let's let's talk a little bit about the draft, and we'll get your thoughts on a general generality of it. Uh, but yeah. I want to ask you about Josh uh, Josh Allen here. Sure. And you know, you and I you and I talked about it when we did our mock draft. We had Josh Allen going to Buffalo. The size thing yeah. just made too much sense. It was almost just you know almost too predictable. Where do you mm-hmm. stand on this? In that it seems like there's there's no middle ground when it comes to Josh Allen and opinions. In which, you know what, he's got a cannon. He might be the best quarterback in the draft. He's like Carson Wentz. He's mobile. He can shake people off. And then others, and not just talk about the the completion percentages, Mike, that we talked about, but when you actually dig deeper into specific games, a Boise State game, 44% of his passes, um, you know, the shutout against Iowa, et cetera. And then the argument is, and Billy Beans got defensive about it and said, listen, Josh has never played on a football field with one NFL player before. Like, there, there's no NFL talent on Wyoming. And that, so they're sort of using, listen, he wasn't surrounded by a lot of talent, you know, especially with the Wyoming Cowboys. But then the devil's argument, the, 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 you know, the other devil's advocate here on this would be on the other side that he didn't play against a lot of NFL competition in the Mountain West either. Are you are you concerned with with Josh and him and his reads locking into receivers, not recognizing blitzes, etc., and that he is just a an arm? Did the Bills just draft another Orlovsky slash Osweiler, or did they draft an S. Carson Wentz? Yeah, it's it's going to be the million dollar question. It's going to be the benchmark upon which Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's careers are going to hang in the balance. It is going to be tied to this quarterback, like it or not. Uh, So here's the reality. Before the draft, I had him behind the other QBs. I didn't like him for the reasons that you mentioned on the negative side of things. Now, when you try to look at the positive side of things, obviously a physical specimen. Also, a notably late bloomer, had to go to JUCO, then had to work his way into Wyoming, then had to work his way into that starting lineup. And he was not known to be particularly athletic in high school and JUCO and sort of has grown into his body. So perhaps he is improving year over year. But I am left to look at the completion percentage against Mountain West competition for the most part and be concerned about it. So Uh, At the end of the day, all of the pre-draft stuff doesn't matter. Do they have somebody in the building that can develop him and allow him to sit and develop if he needs to and let A.J. McCarron play for a year or four games if he needs to and then throw him out there? Um, Is he another another Carson Wentz? Hard to know. Say that again? You see the the Bills opening schedule, five of the first seven games on on the the road. road. They open up at Baltimore. They go to Green Bay. They go to Minnesota. They go to Houston. It's like over-the-top lethal. Here's a great quote, actually. Uh, This is from Dan Orlovsky, who's actually got a quarterback camp, who's worked with Josh Allen. So he has a little insight on him. And this is some great stuff here. He goes, I remember one year I was with the Houston Texans with Gary Kubiak, and he called me into his office. Orlovsky spent 11 years in the NFL, mainly as a backup. He told me, uh, Dan, 60 out of 65 players, you're a good player in this league. But the other five, you do things I can't explain. And that's going to hold you back. And he's he's talking about Josh Allen having to concentrate on every single play. 
You can't make a mistake in the NFL. It'll get taken back to the house, Mike. And, you know, we're going to find out if the kid can can focus. What do you think? Does he beat out A.J. McCarron for the starting uh, position? I don't think so. I would. I think I would bet McCarron. on him now, especially given the fact that their schedule is going to look like that. We talked. We were communicating over social media uh, the other day, and, and even on a call before the draft about the the long term vision of the Bills has to be appreciated, and they will be criticized, and the the GM and the coach aren't going to care because even if they take a step back and AJ McCarron starts for most of this year or all of this year and miss the playoffs, they are not taking their eyes off the prize of this team being better three to five years from now and competing for something real and not stealing a play a wild card bid at nine and seven because the Ravens blew a game in week seventeen. I appreciate the fact that that's their long-term vision and they're sold on Allen and I think you know ultimately it's their going to be their job to develop him is it become a Bortles situation where he's a mess for three years or does it become yeah. a situation like Aaron Rodgers I don't want to get extreme about it but he was able to develop and by the time he was able to start he was awesome I'll tell you something, though, Mike. Listen to WGR radio and stuff, and the fact that he went seventh when a lot of the time was going to be projected first or second out of the quarterback, he's got a chip on his shoulders, and everything he's done now, he's going to work hard to, towards that goal. So we got to give him a little bit of faith there, and I, I'm with you. I think the Bills brass, they see the big picture, and they're going to be good down the line. Mike, i, I got to talk about Arizona, what they did in this draft. Absolutely, like, to me, money. You get Josh Rosen in the first round, and then you go and pick up Kirk from uh, Texas A&M. He's a big, tall receiver with great hands there. Uh, talk as I know we all have the grades. This team, A-plus, whatever. But the Arizona Cardinals, to me, did some serious, serious damage early in that draft. Uh, agreed. And Gabe and I talked the other day about I'm, I'm starting to get the feel. I was starting to get the feeling before Thursday. I didn't change my rankings or anything, but I just started to get that pit in my stomach about teams that are going to pass on Rosen. You have you can't dismiss the concussion and injury history, but I'm getting the sinking feeling that he could be the guy three years from now where everybody is saying, "What were the other teams thinking?" when they drafted Baker and Darnold and Allen over Rosen. I, I get that feeling that he could ace the test more so than the others could. I think he's got a legitimate chip on his shoulder, and he doesn't want to be told he's too smart or he's rich or whatever the things, whatever the hit pieces were on him leading up to this. I would also mention that they did draft a couple of offensive linemen in Arizona, and it will strengthen the running game for David Johnson. So, so while they didn't completely transform form the team for 2018 I do like the manner that they went and Christian Kirk while I never bet on rookie wide receivers he is somebody that could contribute right away across from Larry Fitzgerald he's, he's extremely explosive yeah. you never really know how big these guys are but he's not he's not that big him he's they, you know he's amazing he is he's you know he's like six feet maybe around six feet yeah. probably a little shorter actually they said yeah. six in college and now he's like 511 for real but I wonder I, I personally wonder, guys, look, I was in love with Zay Jones last year going into the draft. You know, I really was, and and he really struggled. Doesn't mean he won't be a good player. Hopefully he gets his, his situation settled personally. But I find, Mike, that wide receivers is almost the biggest gamble, which you don't know. I mean, I look at Treadwell at Mississippi. I thought he was an S. Calvin yeah. Johnson. I was like, man, teams are dumb. They're not taking this guy. I don't know why Detroit didn't jump on him. And then we see, you know, these teams are smarter than I am. 
So when I watch Christian Kirk play in college, I'm like, holy crap, man, this kid's fun. He's like a little Oda, mini Odell yep. Beckham or something like that. But I don't know if it'll work in the NFL. I guess he's got a really good work ethic, though, right? I mean, I mean, you got Mike Evans is sort of hit or miss. Johnny Manziel from that program yep. uh, was a big mm-hmm. miss. Is Christian Kirk, I mean, is he different? Does this kid really want to work hard, or is, there, is he a drama kid? What is he going to work out? I don't know. I think he's a high-effort kind of guy. I do like his explosive uh, ability on the field. I think this is a good situation. I, I tend to like uh, combinations like this, where you're bringing in a rookie like Rosen along with a rookie like Kirk. Those two can yep. grow together. Uh, you're that's right why I didn't about know the, the Bills unpredict- didn't do that. I don't know why the Bills yeah. didn't do that. No, I, I think that's fair. I, I think it's a fair concern uh, for that. You know, they're still they still have wide receiver issues. Mike blew it. Uh, Mike, uh, when are you on next on the network? Be Saturday morning. I'll be talking draft. We'll bring you guys on for a segment so you can yell about another team. Yeah, I won't. I won't <laughs> the be, Seahawks draft sucks. I won't be drinking Friday night, so I'll be good to go. <laughs> Sounds good. Thursday night, I will. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, Mike. Always a pleasure, my man. Game time decision continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage. Gabriel Morenci, Cam Stewart, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks to uh, Mike Blewett uh, for joining us on the program. Always great stuff uh, with Mike. Yeah, I'm not surprised that this came from the uh, the state of Florida, but the guy actually was in uh, he was in Texas. I don't know why you're freaking out about that draft pick. It's not even a bad pick. Like really? Like that's what you're mad about? Look, look what, look what the like. I know they're my team, Gabe, and I've loved them since I was like five years old. But the Seattle Seahawks, like me and you, could have done like a hundred times. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Like they almost sabotaged their whole draft. Like it's awful. They didn't get an offensive lineman to the fifth round. They got a tight end who's just a blocking tight end in the fourth. They got that PR campaign, Griffin and Griffin. Like you know, ooh, it's the big story, but it's more of like a PR thing. No, he's a good and, football. No, player he's yeah, he's good. But but and Penny in the first round, I'm like it was but a disaster. No. Yeah, it was an absolute it's disaster. Too bad we ran out of time with Blue. No, actually. that's an F grade, man. I want to get to that. Uh, yeah, well, we could talk more, but it's just Tony. is Tony Sincata. Tony Sincata now joins us. What's up? I'm glad. What's that, going uh, on, Tony? I'm glad. What's Cam's going on? One attack and the guy with one hand and not me. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say. No, that, I'm talking. You know, I'm just the whole draft. I'm just saying though, from pick from pick one. That's what I was, all the way down to the end. Sort of expecting. No. This. 
We took this guy. Yeah. We took that guy. We took a dude with one hand. I appreciate his determination. We took the PR campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it's, it just sounds good. I, I don't know. It did. It did get Seattle a lot of public love. Well, like, it sure they did. were on the ABC nightly oh, I news know. last night. But they had a whole, but they get they, their draft sucked. Like, yeah, but he he's a good player. He's a good player. He's actually yeah. probably the only good player they picked in the, the whole Rashad draft. Penny. The Rashad, the Rashad they Penny actually, picks just a week. Based on based on his play and what he did on the combine, they actually got a because of the one hand situation, I think he fell two rounds. I think he was a third round pick, but he fell two rounds because of his hand. And someone brought this up to me. There's plenty of guys that play like with a broken hand, and they club their whole hand, and basically they have to, yeah. You don't you don't need a hand. hand to play for. You don't need a you don't need a hand to be a linebacker. He made nine sacks last year. Yeah, like with one hand. Yep. I've seen him pick the ball off. I've seen him make some he, plays. He got your ball, ball, yeah. Catching you balls better guys, than some of these receivers. Yeah, you're not paid to catch footballs on the defensive side of the football. Nope. And uh, number two, as you stated, you know, remember in the old days, Tony. I mean, guys used to fake having injuries. Oh, yeah, I got a cast. Yeah, they, they used to let you play with a yeah. plaster cast. The cowboy Lyle Bob Orton. Yeah. <laughs> they Alzado, every week. Crush, crush. Or they would just, they, they used to let you wrap it with tape. Yeah. They'd just wrap their hands in tape. Like, you remember, I see, you see Deacon Jones in the old days. Dude, his hand is just a, it's like a, a paw of tape. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like plaster. A paw. A paw. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, like. I want to defend the, Seattle, actually. Dude, if you can be Go a major league Tony. baseball pitcher with one hand, like Abbott was, you can be a linebacker, all right? <laughs> now, Dude, there's a lot a, of people kill John Gruden, right, for living in the past is what everybody's uh, situation is. And I think Seattle might have done that with this pick, but I don't think it's a poor pick if they truly believe it with their first pick in the draft, right? They went and got a Marshawn Lynch type, right? And this kid could play. And there's people like Joe Lisi loves the kid. I I don't understand why it's a thing. If you know what, oh maybe he shouldn't have been a first round pick. Well, if they waited till he was there in the second round, he wouldn't have been there. And if that's the guy you truly like, you got to go get him. Yeah, no, I got no problem with that pick, Tony. I got a problem with drafting a punter, taking guys that are like you know, it's it's insane. Like what, the, what he did was you got yeah you got you got. Yeah, and then you you got Will Disley from Washington. The guy's a blocking tight end. He's horrible in the fourth round. Sure, so they had like one good like. I just don't understand. Like they they butchered this draft. And yeah, it was you, a butcher job. And you know what? It is. It's always unfair. Almost even for Baker Mayfield. And I don't like the kid, but you know him. He gets called out because another team takes him. Like you stated, Penny. I watched him. I watch a lot of Mountain West yeah. football. I saw a ton of San Diego State football. He did. You know the game that stands out and a game that they really liked was the game against Stanford. Yep. They played against Stanford. They beat Stanford. And Stanford is a pretty good gauge as far as big dudes, NFL talent. You know, you saw you know, the Buffalo Bills took the Harrison Phillips kid, who's a, he's a great football player. Uh, you know, Saul Thomas, et cetera, McCaffrey. Stanford have NFL caliber players. And he did average 5.5 yards a carry in that football game. And you could argue he doesn't have the best offensive line in San Diego State either. Uh, yep. He's not uh, Donnell Pumphrey, the kid. And yeah. I think, you know, and it's sort of, I've sort of grouped them in with that because they were the same kid. They were the same school, yep. right? I mean, and Pumphrey was smaller. Penny, you know, he can be an every down back. I, I understand. He's not just a third down back. Gabe, I understand that. And he's not 5'8 or something like that. He is a, he's a, he's a little bowling ball. You just didn't yeah. need to draft him in the first round. That's you, the thing. You, you mentioned, I know, draft. you mentioned, Tony, that he's a, he's a Marshawn Lynch type. And 
I'm thinking, all right, exactly. They're going to go back to their roots. You need a better offensive line. That's but, the thing. They didn't. Yeah. They need to, to the fifth round to pick a guy. But uh, is he? Isn't Nick Chubb closer to Marshawn Lynch than Penny? Well, and he has knee concerns. Yeah. So yeah. basically, this this is who they took him ahead. They yep. took him ahead of Nick Chubb. So this is the order that they went yep. in the draft. Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. So any one of those running backs would have been there for them. Correct. Maybe he is the best fit for them, right? Like Tony says, if that's yep. the guy they like, that's the guy they like. I understand that, Gabe. I'm just, I'm just saying when you break down the draft, reaching for players, getting guys, it, it was just well, how about, they didn't do anything to get to make their team any better. How about the hit job, guys? How about the hit job on Darius Geis? Oh. In which, in which, uh, and Mike Mayock goes on NFL Network and all these mainstream NFL beat guys. Oh, you know, uh, Darius Geis is falling because of a report, the TMZ. And Mayock acted like it was absolute. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we knew this kid was trouble. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's real bad, real bad. Like, he sort of threw it out there. Real bad. Teams don't want any part of this. Got to the point, TMZ had to release a statement stating, we're not sitting on anything with this kid. We got nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't even know who this kid is. Like, there's nothing on Darius Geis. And then a kid plummeted in the draft, Tony, because of this crap. Yeah, but how much of that goes into the Redskins planting that? I mean, they needed a running back. I almost guarantee that they're the ones that did this. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that that's exactly how it happened. They had a great meeting with him. The only team that's come on record that said they had a great meeting with him. Philadelphia's (laughs) been both ways. Like, he didn't show up. He did show up. And they know there's no way he's going to be there at 52 or whatever they got him, right? Yeah, Yeah, they're like, all right, let's really throw this out there. But the thing is, other GMs would say, man, this Can't is, you this, sift this stuff out? This it's is, going, it's this ridiculous. Is full of it it is like, bullshit. This, this is garbage. It's not true. I don't believe any report. But it's like everyone in the NFL fell for it. But here's what happens, though. If you say maybe you don't have in your estimation that Geis is as good as, say, you lumped him in with those four running backs, then why would you take him instead of one of those other three? Like, I'll just take the guy with no questions. Well, how about how about they screw over Maurice Hurst too? Yeah. Oh, he has a heart condition. Yeah. That's why he's falling. If he has a heart condition, he's not healthy enough to play in the NFL. Basically, you guys are just getting away with paying him less, right? And the Raiders waited and waited. All right, we'll do it now because you don't take a guy. If a guy has a heart condition, you're not taking him with your fourth-round pick as opposed to your second-round pick, et cetera. It was just basically teams, they, you know, they just sort of screw certain people over going into this. You know you're going to get drafted, but we're going to, you know, we know you can play football, but since there's a perception that you're going to drop dead on the field, you know, we're going to we're going to take you two rounds later because we're going to pay you less this way, and it gambles less for us. I get it. It's business. It is what it is, but uh, I thought Maurice Hurst got screwed around by teams a lot because, you know, teams threw that out there. Oh, he's got a heart problem. He's got a heart problem, and then they're the teams, like you said, Tony, that yeah. want to take him, right? Yeah, I mean... I brought it, it up. Rex Ryan told J.J. Watt to fail a drug test. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he's sort of, you know, in the, in the Rex joking yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, yeah, Rex Ryan said that he was with the Jets, and the Jets didn't suck in those days. So he said we were drafting late. And he goes, I knew the J- I knew this kid, J.J. Watt, was going to be amazing. So he goes, I met with him, and I told him, and, you know, Rex is a funny guy. I didn't like him as my coach, but I do think Rex is funny. I he goes, laughed I told the, the kid that, when the Bills yeah, he goes, hired I him. Told the kid, he goes, I told the kid, listen, if you fail a drug test purposely or something, I, I won't hold, hold it, it against you. you. And he goes, I promise you, I give you my word, I will draft you. He goes, so, you know, 
If you, he goes, I'm just saying, if you failed a drug test for weed or you took steroids or something, I would draft you. And he goes, I'm just kidding, of course. And he started laughing, but you know he wasn't. <laughs> you know what's awesome. crazy is, uh, you know, it, it, the whole thing is insane. John Elway, of course, putting his foot in the mouth again today. Uh, John Elway says he's not giving up on Paxton and Lynch. Uh, that's why they didn't draft a quarterback. Well, the bottom line is, didn't you just sign a free agent? Well, how about some support for Case Keenum? Yeah, no kidding. That's the thing. And Paxton Lynch, let's call it out for what Even it I is. I forgot he's about a, Case Keenum. He's a, he's had time. Like he 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 seems lost out there. Like he you can't win the job versus Simeon. You got yeah. big problems. You know, you know what? Big, Paxton, huge. Paxton Lynch struggling screwed over our boy Riley Ferguson. Yeah, because <laughs> Riley Ferguson at Memphis was actually better than Paxton yes. Lynch. And you look at a kid. He's six foot four. He throws a cannon and. An afterthought, and I think people they sort of learned their lesson. Yeah. Don't take quarterbacks from, from Memphis, Conference USA, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and stuff like uh, you know, competition matters. And we were talking about this with Mike Blewett. What side of the fence are you on with with Josh uh, Josh Allen, not Rosen, oh. but Allen? Is he uh, a, is he the next like Brock Osweiler, like Arlovsky, right. just sort of big goofy busts, or yep. clumsy and turnovers? You guys, yeah, like you know, I'll, I'll you know the quarterback I'm talking about, a big clumsy yeah. guy, just sort well, of with you a know? big arm. <laughs> the problem I have with him is that the completion percentage, right, so low in playing against so inferior competition, and people are using the wind as an excuse and the weather as an excuse. Well, now he's got NFL players on the other side of the ball. What the hell is going on? I could not believe the love in that Cleveland got down to a choice between him and Mayfield. Are you kidding me? I don't understand. And another thing, Tony, what about the Dallas Cowboys? You got Dak Prescott. Oh, they got know. no help with the receiver position. Des Bryant's going to be – Alan Hearns is your top guy in your depth chart. Like, just a lot of mysteries with this draft. It's Jerry and his son have a problem. Yep. They, brought, they do. They brought in Tavon Austin, too. Yeah, yeah, big deal. He's always Jerry, hurt. Jerry's son uh, basically has daddy issues, and I think that anytime daddy wants a player – He's going the other way, just just to uh, prove his point. It makes no sense they didn't draft Calvin Ridley at all. It made no sense they didn't talk Des Bryant to stay in for $4 million instead of twelve. Uh, the kid's gut and control, and the power has gone to his head, and that franchise is imploding. Leighton, yeah, Leighton Vandenash is a good football player. That was a good pick. But yeah. I can't – I can't talk about the offensive pick. I either. can't disagree, though, that um, – you got I don't know who they're – yeah, I don't. You've got. Yeah, I guess they want to run. They're going to run the football sixty-two times a game. Yep. <laughs> you said it, buddy. Like, Alan Hearns is the top guy on your. Yeah, you're chart. not. You're not doing Dak a lot of favors. No, here, no, that's you know? the thing. They, they're not. And you look in today's NFL teams. You got to be loaded with talent. Otherwise, the, the, the DBs are too good. They can isolate in on on your top guy, and it's going to be a problem. Teams are going to be stacking a box now. So you look at Josh Allen here. So uh, this is the game against Iowa. 23 of 40, 57%, two interceptions. That was the first game of the year. Yeah. It was at Iowa. Um, it was a tough spot for, we, you know, I remember the game. I was in Vegas. I watched it. It was the first game of the year. Iowa were like 14-point favorites, all right? So it wasn't like he was going in there and he choked. But they did get shut out. <laughs> they, they, should, did. No, they did They did get shut out. Um, nice game against Gardner-Webb, though, Tony. <laughs> Gardner <laughs> Webb, twenty-two of thirty-two, sixty-eight percent completion, three hundred and twenty-eight yards. Gardner Webb sounds like our golf partners. Like, it's all right, this, 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 this one was ugly, and I lost a lot of money on this game. And it's not like the Oregon Ducks have a great defense. No, he was uh, nine of twenty-four versus the Oregon Ducks. 
37% completion, 64 yards passing. Played Hawaii the following week, 9-19. and 47.4% completion rate against Hawaii. Against Hawaii. Uh, you know, at Utah State, 18-26, 208 yards. Nice game in there, 69%. This is another alarming one. When he played against somewhat good competition at Boise State, who are, you know, the class along with San Diego State of the, of the conference. 12 of 27, 44%, two interceptions at Boise State. Like, th- th- these are some alarming numbers, man. You know, Here's against some pretty pretty average college football teams. No one's holding the Bills accountable. You, we hit, they're, killed the They're we, blowing them. They're telling them what a great job yeah. they did. Oh, absolutely. I'm one, of the, I'm one of the few Bill fans. Listen, the jury's out, but... I didn't like giving away our 53rd and 55th picks, whatever the hell we did, the middle rounds. You know, we didn't go, we drafted a, we did after Trayman Edwards, uh, Edmonds, we didn't get a pick until like the 93rd pick. Well, I thought we had all these draft picks, like we're rebuilding. Yeah, but you, here's my yeah, pick. you singled in on Allen, you singled in on Edmonds, you traded up to get both of them. I'm not overly in love with this. You didn't take a wide receiver until late, and Ray Ray McLeod. We left a lot of good players on the board, in my opinion. We killed the Jets, and I think the Jets came out perfect. I think they got lucky. I think they got lucky and get done out. But here's the thing. Why not give a one or, one or two picks more and get Josh Rosen? If you want a quarterback, get the best one. Because they thought Josh Rosen's a prima donna. And oh. this is this is where this is where sort of like when we talk about the game and which the sports horses for courses, he fits Buffalo well, better. I'm Josh uh, yeah. Allen. When a sports book knows your profile. Yes. Everyone knows. That's the thing. McDermott, number one, size. Josh Allen's big, he likes him. Number two, size. You know, Trey Mount, uh, Trey Mount uh, Edmonds, the kid, six foot five linebacker, sold. They're basically locked in, and no, so number one, the Buffalo Bills. Every player, every team, every player on the team now has got to be big, and then number two, you've got to be tough. You got to be tough. We don't want this. We don't want that. They thought that Josh Rosen. You know, you can accept that they thought that Josh Rosen was too fragile. They were concerned that he was too thin and he's not big enough, etc. Even though I think he's the best QB in the draft, I would, I would have been fine with Lamar Jackson, man. Instead of trading up and doing all these things, 30, Lamar Jackson, thirty-two, buddy, dude. Lamar Jackson at twenty-two could have taken <laughs> yep. uh, another stud at twelve. There, here, Joe Flacco at the Ravens party, not too happy. You could <laughs> drop Lamar Jackson on an NFL field tomorrow. Baltimore. It won't be pretty right away. Josh Allen. The guy's 44% against Boise. Yeah, How's he going to open yeah. up against the Baltimore Ravens? He's not. A.J. McCarron's the starter for the Bills. Tony, we're going to Green Bay and Minnesota in the first month of the season. Like, Josh Allen can do that. Baltimore didn't get enough credit for what they did. And regardless of how the yeah. Awesome draft. Yeah, I know. It was amazing. It they killed out, it. Yeah, is what they did is people didn't realize what they did. The reason they moved in the first round and picked uh, Lamar Jackson is they get to keep him for an extra year. Because he's a first-round pick as opposed to a second round. So if they made the pick in the second round, they would have lost him a year earlier, which will hurt the developmental plans of the quarterback. So it was a great move from an organizational standpoint, understanding the rules, which the Ravens and Browns have always had problems with. So congratulations to the uh, Baltimore Ravens for actually knowing the rules. I agree. Oh, yeah, here, Flacco, none too impressed, though, because his days are numbered. <laughs> they, they, uh, they also drafted the son of Hall of Famer, Orlando of... Uh, they got Orlando Brown. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, as well. Good for the Ravens, man. They no, they, did, they did a great job. Yeah, no, they they had a great uh, they had a great draft. They're going to be back in a year or two. Yeah, I like, agree. Down the road, we're a sneaky team. 
who, yeah, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh than Tomlin and Mason Rudolph in two years. Good luck with that, Pittsburgh. <laughs> you drafted Landry Jones. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions. Yeah. There we ready, go. Ready to check out Fantasy Factor. I like Alice and Chains. Fantasyfactor.com. Single contest entries only. They've always got uh, they've always got a free contest going over there. What do they got uh, today? They got the home run derby uh, going on. Um, all right, here we go. We got an NHL uh, NHL free roll. Got an NBA free roll. Yep. Uh, later in the week, uh, but still coming up. They got their uh, the schedule up for the week uh, with the the free contest. So yeah, check it out. Always a ton of free contests going on. Single contest entries only over at fantasyfactor.com. So the NBA playoffs uh, tip off. Uh, second round uh, can you know tips off in Boston uh, tonight. Philadelphia, Boston. Second round's already uh, begun, uh, obviously. But what do you make of this, uh, Tony? With uh, I'm seeing Brad Stevens saying that they're hoping for the best with Jalen Brown. That oh. maybe the injury isn't as bad as people are making it out to be. That it's actually going to be a game time decision right now. Do you know anything more than that? I, I see this from three hours ago. Coach Stevens says. The Jalen Brown told him this morning that he feels much better, feels good. Steven says it's not my decision. It's the medical staff that uh, Jalen Brown will be participating in the pregame shoot-around. And Steven says if he can play, he will play. Two days ago when this first line came out, I bet it as a Philadelphia minus two. But I didn't. And then I got mad I didn't pound it when I heard the Jalen Brown news. The Celtics didn't think he would play tonight. The uh, management doesn't think he would play tonight based on everything I had read this morning prior to that that comment from Jalen Brown himself. Bottom line, he's not going to be 100%. The Boston Celtics can play with anyone because defensively they're as good as any other team in the NBA. But their one weakness, say, is the center position. And I think Joel Embiid is going to cause so many problems that I think this is a bad matchup. I think he give Al Horford's going to have his hands full. He yeah, will. Al Horford's giving away three and a half inches. He's giving away, uh, you know, thirty something pounds. This is going to be tough. And the thing is, if you don't have Jalen Brown at one hundred percent, Al Horford's going to have to score too and defend Joel Embiid. I think this is a tough play. Brad Stevens is a great coach, and I think the Celtics going to be in there. But I love Philadelphia. You can't bet it at the line that it's at because it's so crazy how big of a favorite Philadelphia has become. 
but we'll I take just, it Boston. You know, to, to Gabe's earlier point, though, Tony, Boston. Give us some drop, still, drop kick Murphy's there, Florio. Yeah, there's still mystique there. You know how good they play at home, Tony, and yeah. four and a half, you could buy it up to five. It's just one of those things like – Gabe brought up the point. This isn't Miami with a bunch of people, you know, wearing white loafers and just hanging yep. out there. 40% of the building filled up. Hey, are we going to the club? Dude, Let's side blow. seats in Miami. Yeah. It was all dudes with white hair. Exactly. Like pink, yeah. pink polos. Yeah, exactly. Like rich, rich Miami guys. Yeah, it's right? like, come on, guys. Yeah, they were clapping for Wade, like clapping. Yeah. Boston's yeah, well, a little different. Yeah, Illisova actually brought it up. Illisova said, yeah. hey, you know, it's not fun going there and playing games. And then the Sixers coach said, hey, it doesn't matter what five guys they play out. They don't even have to double team. They're so good defensively. They just got you one-on-one, and they beat you every time. Marcus Smart is yep. really going to have to ball. Rozier's going to have to ball. Phil- yeah. Philadelphia are not unbeatable. No, yeah. No, no you can beat I Philadelphia. Agree. I'm with you. Ben Dude, Simmons we watched that numbers. series. You look at we his numbers. Watched- He's shooting under 50%, Simmons. Yeah, you what? can't let him take it to the rack, and you can't let him pitch yeah. and pop it shoot. out. Yeah, that's the big thing. You, Make him shoot. What yeah. do you guys think about the total, 205 and a half? It's I, tough. I, I, don't know I almost want to go under I'm with the defense. Yeah, I with totally the defense. If, if you think about it, if you're that Boston. number's too high. If you're Boston. you got to win with the other. Especially if you don't have Jalen Brown. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to get on track me with these guys? No. You don't want to go fast. They're going to be popping it out to Reddick for threes, and then Bede can hit a three and running. You need to slow this down. Make it ugly, trip them, dirty it up a bit. Miami tried to intimidate Philadelphia. Miami has a couple of tough guys on the team, but they're not very good, right? So that's true. So it's a little different with Boston. Marcus Smart is good. You know, physically, he's going to handle himself. Horford's going to have his hands yep. full, but he's a vet. They pay him big money. Uh, Rozier's going to have to play well. Tatum. Uh, and well, Tatum, that's, Tatum, that's Tatum, Tatum's developing it. overnight. But that's the thing. Suddenly, Tatum just steps in and becomes that guy that can score yeah. at will. Think about so Boston. When you talk about the under tonight. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. As long as it's close, is that Tatum? They're going to isolate on one side of the floor against Covington or Sarich, right? Whoever's covering them, and they're going to go one on one with him, and they're going to use Jason Tatum, the rookie tonight, to try to take him one on one and try to exploit that matchup. That's going to take the shot clock down to five or seven seconds. That's why I think this game's in the 190s. The thing I like about Boston, too, they're kind of like that hockey, like Horford, been there. Like, they're not afraid of Philadelphia. Like, Philadelphia, as no. he's had, you want to mix it up. Rozier, he plays with a, you know Dude, what I mean? We play with an edge. Like it's a pain in the ass. It, it is a pain in the Because Boston, team, they're tough. They're absolutely tough. And they have nothing I don't know, to man. I'm taking the point. Because they, they got half their team. Like, one of you guys, I think it was you, Cam, was saying, well, Philadelphia's going to be, you know, be win championships for the next 10 years. Well, they might not win nothing. Because Boston's going to get Hayward back next year. They're yeah. going to get yeah. Kyrie Irving healthy. And they got a yeah. number one. Dra- they still have number one draft picks galore. And these these windows aren't 10 years either. Because I'll tell you what, in five years, so whatever, in three years, yeah. the, the rookie contract's up. And then the team can match it. Yeah. Boom. Five years in, they can leave. And it's not like Joel Embiid's not going to get any offers. Exactly. That's a good I point. Mean, the kid's an egomaniac. But even, Obviously, five years from now, he could bolt. And they won't be able to afford to keep all of them together. You're going to have it, all these Even the Celtics, players. though. Like, how do you keep Terry Rozier, and this kid's been unbelievable in the playoffs, when you have Kyrie Irving and this guy's the sixth or seventh guy on your team? Like, that's the problem the Celtics going to even have with the same thing. Rozier's going to start for half the NBA. That was my problem. That was my problem with the uh, Tremaine Edmonds pick, the 19-year-old kid out of Virginia Tech. So it's like, yeah, all right, that's great. So he's 19, he's raw, we'll, we'll turn him into a good football player, and he'll be a New England Patriot in five years. <laughs> right when he's in his prime at 25 years old. You know, sort of like I was an Expo fan. We had the best farm system, and we were a farm yep. system for the rest of the stupid league. 
You know, that's like Buffalo now. Their, you pi- know, like their pitching staff was just insane good, like Hall of Fame good. I what do you think uh, of? Made a comment today, no, Sean he, Newcomb, the Atlanta pitcher. Reminds yep. me a lot of Randy Johnson in the Expos days. Like, you knew he was going to be good. You knew he was going to be elite. But you were like, man, this guy's all over the place. And Newcomb's the same Th- way. I'll throw uh, put uh, some sports trivia at you right now, Tony and Cam. Yes. Who did they trade uh, Randy Johnson for? The Montreal Expos had Randy Johnson in the system. They traded him because they were going all in. Stan Pappy. Yeah, Cam. I know. I'll give you. Um, you know, no. Since I'm nice, I'm even going to go deeper here now. Going to give you a hint. Um, I don't know if he was married, but he was with uh, Tawny Katan. Oh, Chuck, Chuck Finley. Was <laughs> it Chuck Finley? You know what, what though? It's kind Chuck of, Finley was with her. It's kind of vague because everybody was with Tawny Katan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Chuck. They were married, I thought. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Didn't she like give him a stiletto in the face or something like that? Yeah, the car? yeah, there was some cr- the, yeah, that was yeah. a crazy. I remember that. Like she split him open. Yeah, and then she was, she was with the Coverdale dude, David. Oh, Coverdale. David Coverdale yeah. and Paige. Oh, yeah, I know who it video. is now. I know who it is. Yeah, yeah I just it's thought another it's, angel, Mark yeah, Langston. Mark, Mark yeah. Langston. Yeah. Mark Langston. Yes, when she was with Langston and Finley. I thought she was with the whole Angels team. <laughs> well, she lived in L.A., right? So she was yeah. the trophy chicken that she was in the videos and stuff at the time. Yeah. You said it, Mark. Mark Langston when was at the Mariners, too. That guy was amazing. Yeah, but Mark Langston was an ace. He was a certified yeah. ace. Like, so yes, the Expos yes. were like, no, we got to get this yeah. Mark Langston guy, and they did. Yeah. And I, I think they, they finished one game They finished one game out, like, and it was no wild card in those days. I think the Expos finished, like, one game behind. I remember when I was a kid, last game was the last Sunday of the year. It wasn't even a Blue Monday Dodger game, which Rick Monday hit the home run in the playoffs to go to the World Series, etc. But um, it was the last game of the year, and uh, the Expos were tied with the hated Philadelphia Phillies. They used to be a big rival of the Expos in the late 70s, early 80s. This is 1981. I was at the game. I was 11 years old. I was crushed, man. That son of a bitch, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Yeah, Mike Schmidt crushed one, man. Speaking of Philadelphia Mike, won the division by one stupid game. And um, they went on to win the World Series. Yeah, there was some kid at the. At the uh, it wasn't eighty one. Sorry, it was nineteen eighty. My bad. Nineteen eighty. He was wearing a Mike Schmidt jersey the other game, right? So he's going after the ball. Some nice little kid gets it. He has a temper tantrum. He's wearing a Mike Schmidt oh, jersey. He's Jesus. freaking out. So they see him in ESPN again. Another guy gets the ball. The kid's smashing stuff <laughs> on whatever. I was just like, I couldn't believe it though. And then the broadcast, they're like, oh, let's give the kid a ball. So you see the little kid there, all happy with the Mike Schmidt jersey. But man, he had a, he pulled a lot of temper tantrums. He was a little wild card, man. I wouldn't have given him shit. Well, yeah, I know what every kid is. Yeah, like, sorry, what about the other kids there? So you're freaking out and going nuts? Yeah, you can get the ball. What a joke. It was Remember Anna Benson? Actually. Yes. Yes. Yeah, another crazy, so, uh, yeah. I got She's pretty her. hot, though. I liked her. She was hot. Yeah, so she, she was married to Chris Benson, former Mets pitcher, and a couple other teams for everybody out there. And she did a Playboy article where she Are said. Are they not husband, together anymore? I'm not sure. I know she had some problems, too, with the domestic violence. Uh, I don't know what the heck's going on there. Yeah, the crazy chicks are the best in bed. So she said that if Chris Benson ever cheated on the road, she would go across the dugout. She would walk on the field, go across the dugout, and screw the whole team in the other dugout. 
And so I had a chance to interview her. So I waited for the very last question. I said, I wrote the quote, and I said, you made this quote. I said, would that include Sal Fasano? And she told me she didn't know. <laughs> she told me she, she didn't know who Sal Fasano was. Big Sal Fasano. <laughs> I love Sal Fasano. <laughs> but, so I said it all off. I'm surprised. Said, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't ask her. Would that include like the uh, the, the ball boys and everyone, or just, like, you know, like employees? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, she said uh, she would uh, she would gang bang the team. Yeah, she said. Yeah, I, I told him if you ever cheat on me, I'll let your team gang bang me. <laughs> Pretty good threat. That's a great threat. Who's the um, Who's the one? Um, who's the Who's the athlete uh, with the wife uh, with the free pass? Oh, um, oh, basketball, uh, European. Uh, no, yeah, no, oh, no, hold on. A, it was a European. Yeah, yeah, it's a European. Dirk New- it's on the Utah it, it Jazz. Dirk. No, Dirk, no, 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 it wasn't Dirk. No, no, Kovalenko. Kovalenko. We called it. And he's married Kovalenko. to like spoken Russian chick. When he's with the Jazz. Yeah. And she said yeah. yes, once once a year. Once he's a year, yep. bang, one, ba- one chair, one, yep. one chick a year. That is a philosophy. That is a great philosophy. I think marriage is a lot longer if everyone had that. Yeah, most chicks wouldn't go for it, but uh, very progressive thinking. No, but I think if they yeah. did agree for it, everybody would be happy. Yeah. Kovalenko. He was Damn, the best. I would, his, little br- I would, his little brush cut. Like I'd, be saving nice that, that one, I'd be saving that one spot that I probably yeah. would forget to use it. Got to be honest with you, Gabe, you don't need a Russian girl. Trust me, my buddy dated a Russian girl. A lot of, uh, a lot you of know, baggage. where's the money, you know, uh, kind of stuff like that. Kind of needling for better things. Uh, no you need kidding. somebody who's going to be satisfied with uh, your your brilliant like radio Asian. career and not try to try to go into your wallet so much. Like uh, an Asian woman? in the wallet. <laughs> Due to my brilliant radio career. <laughs> like an Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, Who you got to date? Asian, Asian, Scott. Asian women have high expectations. Oh yeah, I know. You got to wear some serious uh, name brands, buddy. Yeah, make yeah. more money. Oh, I thought yeah, they yeah, just exactly. wanted me to take my shoes off. Billy the doorman yeah. told me his wife's yeah, always yeah. shaking him down for money when he hits triactors at the track or superfectas. Oh, really? You know, he got he's got to keep it low because they. That's why I've never been with an Asian. Then now I understand. <laughs> got to be rich. Yeah. So what do you what do you got for us uh, tonight, Cam? I know you got to leave in a couple of minutes. I got a few uh, things. I'm with you, uh, Marenzi. I'm going to take the Boston Celtics in the points, and I think uh, things go according to script. We're going to take the under two two hundred five and a half. You can get it to two hundred six. Get a nice flat number. So Boston plus five two hundred six. In Major League Baseball tonight, it's kind of an interesting night. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays are hot, man. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. uh, Faria's pitching tonight. I think I'm going to lay the thirty thirty five cents with them. I also like the Houston Astros. The Yankees played last night, got it done on yep. Sunday night baseball against the Angels. I like the pitching matchup. Give me the Strohs. The Toronto Blue Jays, they always play Minnesota very tough when they go on the road. They they own them in Minnesota. Sanchez pitching tonight at yep. plus 100. And I'm going to do a cranky don't move that number. Our boy Zach, Arizona, with the snakes, minus 130. And my pooch of the night, this one's a... Cam's dropping some Steely Dan. Yeah, the outhouse special, Gabe. Uh-oh, plug your nose. What Mark Lawrence says, the Cincinnati Reds, I think, are in a good spot at plus 105 tonight. That's where I'm going with it in hockey. You're not going 
going to like it. San Jose, and I really want to take Boston again. I think everyone's going to load up I on know. Tampa Bay. I'll tell you something. Tampa Bay's overrated, and Boston's got a lot of killers on their team, man. They're a hungry, hungry hockey team. Vaskaleski, uh, he, he looks he's, shaky. Dude, he's, he's now 1-4 in his career against That's, the Boston Bruins. Can't trust him. What did I say before the playoffs started about Russians? Can't trust him? <laughs> I said, I brought it up. How many Russian goalies have won a Stanley Cup before? Zero. One. Oh, no, sir. Who, uh, what? Happy Bullen. Happy Bullen. Yes, good call. Yeah. What, Trechiak? Trechiak right, choked. Yeah, he choked. <laughs> what, against Canada in 1972? <laughs> no, 1980 against the United States, I was thinking about. but. Oh. Well, you know what, actually? Uh, Trechiak got pulled in that game. Yeah. Yeah. You think Man, it was, it was Tony dropped... Tony's bringing it. Well, yeah, Vladimir Trutchy. Well, I'll tell you right now, Tony's pretty good at looking things up pretty fast. <laughs> Last name of the goaltender. Who was, who was the goalie that he got replaced with? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know who that was. Michigan. I, was, I, I could tell you where I was watching the game, though. I was pretty in, hardcore. I, I could even hospital. tell you. Michigan. He played for CSKA Moscow. I was in a hospital with sun poisoning in Hollywood, Florida. What, when that game happened? Yeah. In 1980, so you were in the hospital. Yeah. Sun I almost went to the hospital yeah. last night. It was really scary. There's nobody in my place because Joe's in Winnipeg watching the Jets game. You ever started choking on something at night? I had some uh, crunchy peanut butter, uh, and I had my sleep just... machine on, and it got, oh, it was the scariest oh. thing. Have you ever, like, it, it lodged the back, and you can't breathe? So I had to oh, force Jesus myself, Christ. like, I had to force myself, boom, to put it up there. But I'll so tell you, you something. When there's no the one around. No, I made myself puke it up because I was going to die. Really? I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I had a big peanut lodged in my uh, yeah, in the to, back of my throat. You had to in, induce a vomit last night. I was Sometimes, it, is a, it is the scariest it thing going on. Have you ever choked on meat that? I pulled out of my throat once. Yeah. I, I, I've I done it before pulled. too, Tony. Yeah. i got to yeah, get some like, better lube down there. I don't know what's going on. The, the food just keeps on sticking. Yeah, you said when it. You, when fats, you first said you were choking. Maybe you're eating too much. Maybe I should chew more. When you first said you were choking, my advice was going to be. No, but it was. And my advice was going to be tell him to back up. <laughs> tell him to back up. No, it was very scary, though. That, now I know why you buy smooth peanut butter. Crunchy's dangerous. No, I don't like crunchy. <laughs> I like crunchy. No, Not I anymore. Like crunchy. No, no. I'm banned. I, I can't have those big nuts in there. Dangerous. Yeah. Go smooth. <laughs> right, we got some DFS baseball to get to. We got some best bets to get to. Cam Stewart, Lima. We'll see you tomorrow, Cam. Later, buddy. <laughs>